In a world where most people have seen all of the MCU, one woman has only seen phase one of the MCU. That's why two friends have forced another friend to watch the entirety of the MCU. Including all the shows, like, did you know there's a Hawkeye show and, like, a a, a She-Hulk she show and, like, like... Like, what if is still going on and they're supposed to make more? This is ICU MCU Phase 2. On this episode, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to ICU MCU, one of the many nerd podcasts on the internet. We thank you for choosing this one. I am Vincent, the creator of this mess. Next to me, I have... I'm Sarah. And on my right, I have... I'm awesome, Macy. If you don't know me, then yeah, you probably don't know me. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> we took... no, Not November. We took October off. And now we're coming back strong in november but we're recording this in october oh no everybody hide your kids hide your way you're fine anyways <laughs> um today we are watching guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. the movie that i i this i'm gonna say this a lot but the movie that i never thought would be made after the fact, after finding out about all these characters and all the people in them. Macy, you have similar thoughts to the Guardians movie existing. It's something that I never thought would get made, similar to the fact that like it's the equivalent of Challengers of the Unknown by DC. It's like, you would never think that this would be a thing. Um, especially how it resonated with audience and changed the perception of those characters in the comics greatly. It's one of the major changes that affected the the uh, comics actually the mcu yeah and comics as a whole i feel like the mcu affects the comics a lot too I, yeah but i don't think it on this level because uh uh the guardians were so different prior and even with the other characters like captain america and tony stark there were some changes but nothing so pivotal that just takes this military space dude with like a, all of them having a one uniform costume mm-hmm. to just an alt rock band in space. Yes, and as you can tell by the most recent thing that has come out, that's Guardians in the Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy branded the video game, which I believe has come out or is coming out. It's around, already out. It's already out. That that game, along with the Avengers game, but that doesn't matter. Um, uh, the Guardians game added just basically did the same thing that the Avengers game did by taking the MCU variant of them and then putting them into a video game but using none of their likenesses and it's really weird because they're acting like the movie versions when they're <laughs> they're it's so weird it's so weird it's still weird to me that we have a british like the british rocket raccoon that's in the comics and in some media Mm-hmm. We're just gonna get the Brooklyn. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm a raccoon. Don't fuck with me. Anyway, Sarah, what? Since you have I'm the sorry, mic away from I your had face, a whole, well, I had, I just had a whole 
meltdown with my dog just now. Um, they still the ball an interaction. Down. No, it, what? Okay, so my dog does not. My dog Romeo. He's a little black Chihuahua. He's the nicest Chihuahua you will ever meet in your life. Um, he jumps like in place and uh, puts his paws up on the couch when he wants to get up. He will not just automatically jump up onto the couch. You must invite him up onto the couch like a little vampire dog. So he comes over here to my corner and I'm like, oh, I don't want to interrupt the the thing that, that Vinny and Macy are doing right now. And so I push the mic away from me. I try to get him up. He immediately runs over to the other side of the couch for Macy to get him up. We're cutting this. Anyway. Um, <laughs> are we? You're in charge. <laughs> uh, so, um, what are your thoughts about <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I know my mom likes this movie. What do you know about this movie aside from just just all the memes? Um, I know it's got a pretty rad soundtrack. It's true. Um, songs that I ha- now have different feelings about because how overplayed they are. But. Chris Pratt is in it. Zoe Saldana. Saldana, yeah. Yeah. Um, Who else? Dave Batista. Yeah, Dave Batista, yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yep, he's a raccoon. Vin Diesel. He's a Groot. Uh, Is this the one that has Woody Harrelson in it? Yes, he's in both of them. Okay, cool. Uh, And Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson? Mm -hmm. Was he in that? No, not Woody Harrelson. Who? who, Is this Michael Roker? Jeff. Michael Roker. This is Michael Roker. Michael Roker, the Walking Dead dude. Oh, I... He's in, like, the first season you're of The Walking Dead. You're thinking Woody Harrelson because Carnage just came out of Venom. No, Woody Harrelson plays... Mm. No one. No one. Okay. I yeah, don't... it's Michael Roker. Uh, but also, the... The? The Big Lebowski, isn't he in this? No. no. That's the Ironmonger. You're getting farther yeah. away, honey. Fuck. Uh, there's two blue guys in this, right? One. One. There's a blue woman in this. Yes. And she's oh, from Doctor no. Who. Yeah, the fucking, um. <laughs> this is a fun game, guys. Um. <laughs> one plays every episode. Karen, oh, no. Karen, uh, Gillen. Karen Gillen. There you go. Yeah, I got one the, actor. Wow. I got most of the other ones. Fuck <laughs> you, so guys. I got one of the other ones, okay? <laughs> I thought there was... I thought there was Star-Lord's dad, who's a blue guy, and then another we'll get there. big, we'll get there. bad blue guy. Uh, Michael Rooker. You mean Thanos? No. Okay. I'm oh, you confused. mean you mean the you mean uh, the guy with the hand? What's his? Uh, the the Cro- Ronan the Accuser. He Ronan the Accuser is in this. He's Lee. Isn't that Lee Pace? That. Fuck, I don't know. Well, the, the, we're in the beginning of the show, so why don't we skip ahead? Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, we'll figure that out after we watch the movie. I I know nothing except for people really like it, uh, and it's super memeable, and that makes me. How do you feel about James Gunn? Have you seen other, any other James Gunn what is joints? He, what else has he done? He's because I know his name because I know the controversy. Well, let me just uh, let me just dust off the James Gunn more here. Do it, please. So he was a uh, part of a very kind of. Uh, company that was kind of like more splatterhouse very grungy is called mm. trauma They're oh my god he was in trauma he was part of the trauma group <gasps> and so a lot of his early horror because he was a horror roots guy he was uh, a lot of his early horror stuff is very kind of a he wrote slither yeah 
very I did know like, very offensive, very gross, very kind of oh, in your right. face. He's all about kind of that offending you and making you uncomfortable kind of humor from Look, trauma. I okay, so I trauma is like hit or miss because it's it's meant to be offensive. It's meant to throw every yeah. every book at you. But um, I just like Lloyd Kaufman. I think he's a very nice man. He's going to be talking to the Avenger, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's the he's one a, that he, he runs Troma. He was also in the uh, Angry Video Game Nerve episode he once. He also did the screenplay for the Scooby-Doo movie. I, yeah, he did. I love Lloyd. I love a, Lloyd Kaufman. Which was supposed Kaufman. to be a rated R. It was really? supposed to be rated oh, R. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, just uh, to hold on, because I want to do Scooby-Doo real quick, because I love talking about this. Please do. Real quick. I have one. He, oh. they were, Velma and Daphne were supposed to be lesbians, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Shaggy was supposed to be a stoner, I believe. And oh, I mean, he... 100%. Te- like, and the thing about the movie is that while they were filming that movie, they were under the guise that it's going to be rated R, but while during production, they had to change it to PG-13. That's why that movie's so weirdly adult, is because they had to... It re- is weirdly adult. Yes, because it was... All that stuff was cut, and that's why some story beats don't miss, because they were cut from the... So they did leave in a Shaggy stoner part. They did. Well, I- Kinda. Uh, they revamped it to yeah, be but not they, stoner. They revamped it so that he's not smoking anything. Yes. But there is smoke in the van. Yeah. Yeah, because he's cooking something on a grill. Yeah. Um, also, he uh, James Gunn did one of the movies that I really like, Super. Oof. If you've seen that movie. Uh, have you seen Super? It's what's the name of the dude in that movie? Because it was a guy from The Office. The guy from The Office. Yeah. yeah. Dwight, the other Dwight. Oh, uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, Rain Wilson, Wilson plays the main character in that movie. No, I haven't seen it. I, I do believe like there's it. also an X Men actor in there. Uh, the Elliot, chick- Elliot Page back then. Well, there's another X Men actor, I think. I think it was Elliot Page. No, other than uh, Elliot Page. Oh no, I'm thinking of a Lord of the Rings actor. Yeah. Liv Tyler's in that movie. She plays a damsel in distress. Yes, she only- does. Um, uh, but it's very not good. <laughs> like not in that she's not a good actor the situation's not good kevin bacon's also in that movie yeah I, the one thing about super there's two x-men's in that movie really he was a little bit of an x is kevin bacon an x-men he was in an x-men movie mm. he was uh he played a villain that's why everybody is separated by six degrees with kevin bacon it's but true. they're five feet apart so they're not gay yes um but uh super is that super is a movie i just have one of this little side because it's a it's about James Gunn. Super is a movie that I saw Red Letter Media review at the height of like when Red Letter Media was coming into like their YouTube powers that they have. Um, it was like after all like majority of the Plinkett reviews had come out, um, and uh, I watched, started watching it, and then I stopped watching it like a quarter of the way through. Legally obtained the movie, and. Um, <laughs> watched the whole movie and then went back to the review <laughs> because they the way they were talking i'd never heard it before and i was like oh my god what the fuck is this movie you should watch that movie it's a really good movie about a guy who tries to become a modern day superhero after having like a traumatic like breakdown I, i'm glad you brought that up because it's also kind of perfect to kind of uh compare this to guardians i feel that his characters and story beats are sometimes, and this could be from his trauma days, mm-hmm. a little half-baked. Mm-hmm. And so when I watch Super, I I feel like it's like, it, the concept is great. The acting, for the most part, is great. But the story, at least as it goes on, 
there's some character issues I have with it, and as well as kind of the ending and what the impact means of it. You know what I mean? It's and, kind of one of those endings. Uh, sorry to cut you off. It's no. kind of one of those endings that uh, it couldn't have gone any other way. Like it was. It that's that. It's kind of like since the the guardians world is set in a fantastical universe the endings can end the way they can and kind of have like the satisfactory satisfactory in quotes endings for the most part but that movie ends because it's in real life and it has a very real ending yeah but i think the issue is that the ending doesn't work for me because the way those characters act throughout the whole movie i can't form an attachment with them yeah and no. i feel like that's my biggest flaw so to me like and the, the like the ending is supposed to be like yeah you know like this is how real life would work it still doesn't click with me because the characters aren't likable yeah and that's like a big flaw for me as like a movie you can yeah. have unlikable characters but elliot, you got to make them like the underdog elliot's page uh does some stuff in that movie that isn't great no nope. and um that's all i'll say okay um but uh going back to the guardians and history like james gunn i feel like is a great guy for this i feel like this was his proving ground after I, so many years it this does is, like, make the me movie. excited now that you say that he got his start in trauma because yeah. I, I do genuinely like trauma movies because they're bad um i know uh, you know i i'm assuming are we going to talk about the cancellation now or well, I, uh, well okay so i, I was i was debating that while i was coming here, here i think we should just start with it so that mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about a whole bunch during the movie yes james gunn beat his quote unquote and i'm just doing the quote unquote just for the people out there uh cancellation for things he said in the past but he kind of i don't want to be the the person no do it I'll who, do it. I, I'll do it. He he stepped up there and said, "Yeah, I did it. Fucking, I'm sorry. My bad. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I was an asshole. I said horrible things." And there are some people, and and the thing is that it's it's important to differentiate between canceling someone and and taking accountability because. You know, there are several creators that have done stuff in the past that they are now different people, and so they act like different people. Robert Downey Jr. was in blackface. Yeah. um, (laughs) There are some things that you cannot come back from unless you genuinely, like, take accountability. And James Gunn's... James Gunn's edgy tweets... uh, We're a product of trauma. We're a product of... Working at trauma. Like, it's... Sometimes you have to understand the context. He was a juvenile kid surrounded by a lot of people who make like pedophile rape horrible jokes because that's the shock humor he was working with yeah and the fact that he owns up to it and says like yeah i was juvenile yeah i was working with that material that was kind of what i was surrounded Mm by that shows maturity and it shows his growth as a director yeah as long as you as long as you recognize what you did you understand why it was wrong and you grow from it and you know continue to fix those aspects of yourself whatever like that's it that's all i have to say about it yeah um so we talk about the other one what's the other one oh are you talking about mario yeah oh fuck (laughs) you know i always forget okay the thing with chris pratt and i think yeah we should just get all this out of the way now yeah um chris pratt so here is what i've been able to google here is what i've been able to do he's part of a church Hillsong Church. Hillsong Church with his now wife, the Schwarzenegger. Is that right? Chris, uh, 
Catherine Schwarzenegger. Catherine who is Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Republican. But he's a... But he surrounds himself with those kind of people. Yes. Chris Pratt is a dude who he stopped being interesting to me as like a person to be in movies like i remember after mm-hmm. watching uh was it uh parks and rec or mm-hmm. ever i think everyone found him in parks no and rec. he's so great in parks um, and rec yeah, I agree. as andy um I, everyone liked him and then he did guardians and was like wow it's so cool i can't believe this actor is this from this fucking show was getting on in a marvel movie oh wow and he kind of got beefed up for the first guardians and then the second guardians was like okay yeah he's still doing it uh and then he was in all the other mcu stuff and he kind of went back to being schlubby for them as like a joke in the movie yeah (laughs) uh and then um we come to where he is now after all the jurassics and the and that's the thing that I'm not that into. He, he's like, just getting pimped around everywhere, and I'm just like, I don't feel like he fits well into this this zeitgeist they're trying to put him in. Yeah, because like, I, I feel like uh, I liked him in Magnificent Seven because he was kind of a comedic underdog with like a lot of like empathy, and I feel mm-hmm. like that kind of works. I feel like he has to have some chip on his shoulder as a character to play, and I know that's kind of like stereotyping and putting someone in a box, but I've seen him in Lost World, I don't really like him in Lost World. I've seen him in that action Amazon movie, horribly miscast. Um, and I saw him in that weird um, space movie, which I don't even know if it's just because the movie was bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like every movie I've seen him in besides Magnificent Seven and besides Guardians, I just don't connect with or like his character. And I feel like he needs to play characters that have a, uh, are not less action tropey and more evolved kind of depressed loners okay um you ready to go we've been 20 minutes on this i know i just wanted to say the anti not the anti but the uh the person that i feel is the better version of this is the ryan reynolds oh he's like anti ryan reynolds yeah because like because ryan reynolds i'm like oh yeah Ryan Reynolds, he's in this movie. Like, even if the movie is like a shitty, bad action movie, you're like, hey! There he is! It's Ryan Reynolds! Well, that's the Deadpool! It's Deadpool! Hey. And, like, even that bad rock, it's like Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds are all in a movie that's coming out on Netflix. And I was like, I might watch that just because Ryan Reynolds is in it. Like, he is the opposite of how Chris yeah. Pratt makes me feel. 100%. I, I remember I saw him in, like, uh, that Rock, Jason Statham, Fats and the Furious movie, which, unreal. I fucking love that movie, and it's probably one of the only Fast and the Furious. You mean, you mean Hobbs and Shaw? I love that movie. It's so fucking. It's. I think I like it because it's just like we're not doing cars anymore. We're doing comic book super sci-fi action with Idris Elba. That's your boy. Um, and so I love that movie. And Ryan Reynolds plays like a, a jerky CIA, CIA, uh, CIA agent who's just really oddly in love with The Rock and saying, you want to go out on a date? You want to go out and do something? It's just, like, really hilarious. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, this is the longest opening ever uh, for an ICU-MCU. I might come cut some stuff out. Um, but, hey, we'll be back for... <laughs> Let's fuck. If we're going to get out of here, we're going to need to get into that watchtower. And to do that, I'm going to need a few things. The guards wear security bands to control their ins and outs. I need one. Leave it to me. That dude there, 
I need his prosthetic leg. His leg? Yeah. God knows I don't need the rest of him. Look at him, he's useless. All right. And finally, on the wall back there is a black panel. Blinky yellow light. You see it? Yeah. There's a Quarnix battery behind it. Purplish box, green wires. To get into that watchtower, I definitely need it. How are we supposed to do that? Well, supposedly these bald bodies find you attractive, so maybe you can work out some sort of trade. You must be joking. No, I really heard they find you attractive. Look, it's 20 feet up in the air, and it's in the middle of the most heavily guarded part of the prison. It's impossible to get up there without being seen. I got one plan, and that plan requires a freaking Quarnix battery, so figure it out! <laughs> can I get back to it? Thanks. Now, this is important. Once the battery is removed, everything is gonna slam into emergency mode. Once we have it, we gotta move quickly. So you definitely need to get that last. Or we could just get it first and improvise. I'll get the armband. Leg. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to ICU MCU. Uh, we, 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 I see, I don't know what I cut out. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. This is not, we're not editing in real time. We're not editing in real time, so I don't know what I cut out. Uh, so let's just start this out with this. Chris Pratt is not part of a great church. He's part Song, of a not great church. Of a not great church, probably because of his new wife, the Schwarzenegger woman. Catherine. Um, Catherine Schwarzenegger. So Jones. Sure. Say to Jones. Stop. (laughs) Um, And uh, look it up. Like, we did extensive research on the Hillsong Church. And if you. That's it. Like, that's literally it. He's part of a bad church. Uh, Sarah. Oh, I just. I personally don't like him. I think think he's overrated. That's just me as a person. Like, I'm not trying to uh, say anything specific I'm not trying to get sued but I mean I just don't I just don't have great feelings about him that's pretty much it and me and Macy have lost interest in him after he became action man and I think did we say the thing about Ryan Reynolds before we stopped recording yes we didn't no I don't no think. you did yes you did you we said did? the thing about Ryan Reynolds yeah well we'll just say it again Ryan Reynolds is the antithesis to uh, Chris Pratt because he was already handsome. Yeah. Um, and he Chris Pratt was always handsome. It's just but like he wasn't. He would. I don't think Ryan Reynolds was ever schlubby. No, only in the movie Just Friends. Yes, but um, Ryan Reynolds can be in anything, and I would cater to watch it more than I would with anything Chris Pratt. And they both play pretty similar roles in the movies that they're in. Yeah. Where they're goofy comic relief slash action hero people in the I movies. just don't think I just don't find him interesting as an action star. Um like this was fine because it had a good mix of comedy in it, but But why don't we get your initial thoughts about Guardians of the Galaxy, Sarah? So I came into this movie kind of cynical. Because I was, I wanted to be a hipster. I was like, listen, everybody is so hyped up on this movie. I don't want to be like the normies. I'm sure it's a fine movie. But then at the end of it, I was really coming around. And I was like, you know what? I actually really, really like this movie. And no wonder it's so popular because it's a good movie. So we enter the world of the James Gunn. 
James Gunn comic book movie. Do, 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 do. And Macy said this, I think, at the beginning of the movie and something I wanted to bring up before. James Gunn is the person who brought in, brought back the soundtrack of made up like songs in in a movie rather than having like uh, uh, orchestrated thing. There are orchestrated moments in this, but a lot of them are orchestral moments it's, in this. It's called a jukebox soundtrack. Thank you. Um, but this movie is the reason a lot of movies have those soundtracks now. I feel like again, yeah, because they used to do that back in the day. I, I feel like uh, out of all the movies I've seen in the last couple of years that had a good soundtrack, I believe Guardians was the one that I remember everyone was trying to get. And I feel like all the movies that I've seen afterwards that try to go for a certain style, like we have Atomic Blonde or Baby Driver, a lot of those films that are kind of in a weird way, not musicals, but they have that kind of soundtrack to kind of give character to scenes. Yeah. And some movies are really don't understand that you need to have timing and intention in the right songs. And I feel like one of the ones that's so egregious was Suicide Squad. Yeah, the first Suicide Squad to be yeah. the specific. Because James Gunn did the second one. Yeah, um, and Edgar Edgar Wright also does like sound like moments like this well in a movie because you were talking about Baby Driver. Oh, and um, and uh, Scott Pilgrim, Scott with, Pilgrim with a lot of the video game music. Yeah, and then there's a lot. I believe the Shaun of the Dead, the Cornetto movies also might. I think they do it too. I can't remember correctly. Um, oh I yeah, Scott Pilgrim indie music. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Can I just say the other movie that does this? Twilight. Oh, fuck you. That is a great soundtrack. Fuck you. Excuse me. Um, Muse is good on its own without the being associated with the Twilight soundtrack. Okay, but it was also in the best scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> We're saying the overall movie of Guardian of the Galaxy utilizes the soundtrack in an interesting way because, and we can segue into the start of the movie, um... It utilizes it by setting the tone of the era in which uh, Peter, it, like, was born in, as well as where his mom came from, the 70s or 60s, 70s, um, and uh, kind of set the mood with the 10cc song, which I can't remember the title of. But Big Booty Bitches. Nope. Oh, what? Um... But we start the Shit, movie in remember. the hospital. Where we see, uh, what's Peter Quill's mom's name? Margaret. Meredith. Meredith. Um, I I just remember they only they only say it in the subtitles at the very end of the movie, uh, and I was like, oh, that's his mom's name, I guess. But um, we start off in a hospital somewhere in the eighties. We see Peter Quill listening to the Ten CC song "I'm Not in Love." Is the name of the song. I do want to say also, this movie starts out way fucking different than any other Marvel. Oh movie hell we've yeah, watched. it does. It starts out like not a Marvel movie. It starts out like something like emotional, like raw, and something that everyone deals with. Mm-hmm. And so, not everyone, but everyone that has a, a cancer survivor or a patient in there. And so, especially in the '80s when we couldn't really cure cancer at that time. She no, was, it was it was a lot harder. A lot harder to cure cancer. Um, so just in just like the moment of just the whole scene of like it's so hard to for a kid to confront those emotions, let alone a kid that's like angry at the world and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we get some subtle hints to some things that might exist later, but 
Uh, we uh, have the whole scene. Uh, sh- she hands him a present. He puts away. And the whole time he's listening to the music, uh, more or less disassociating because he doesn't want to be in this moment where no. he has to come to like even like he's like a kid or like a young he's like, like eight, eight. he's yeah. like eight yeah um tr- like trying to not r- have feelings that his mom is dying until she starts to like basically die in front of him and asks for his hand and i didn't want to say it at the time i wanted to wait for the end for the setup of the chekhov's gun in this movie <laughs> i love this. It, there's something about this movie that takes the smallest things and make them just ten times more emotional. Yeah. It's so raw. And this movie, I think that's what sets it apart from all the other movies, is that it's so raw and visceral with its emotions. It's It has its comedic moments, clearly. But it's way more like, sad <laughs> than any of the other movies. Like, I was watching... I was watch like when we were watching Winter Soldier. It's like we know that Steve and Bucky don't die in that spaceship, but you didn't know who was going to live and who was going to die in this movie. Yes, because it was like I just met this person, but this is such a heartbreaking situation. Like it's something that they hadn't, like, they- sure they had like real life and like morbid stuff in the other ones, but this was like something uncontrollable that like people also experience yeah um so it's just it it may like i listen i cry yeah Mm -hmm. i was gonna say peter's mom dies and this whole entire scene macy's like i'm not gonna cry i don't want to cry i don't want to cry and then starts crying i macy (laughs) was so quiet the whole time i had to like look over at her and she's like like covering her mouth and I'm like oh no I should look away I don't want to perceive her eyes <laughs> um, uh, go teary I watched it earlier so I didn't cry a lot but I did get teary eyed the last time I watched this I was like it's it and so I didn't want that to happen again but thinking about it I'm tearing up again take it away that's it yeah. oh, no. so Peter runs outside and then he's picked up by we don't know yet but the ravagers Yondu uh, Yondu and, and the Ravagers. He's y- abducted. Y- it's uh, Yondu and the Ravagers. We got Shlandu, Bondu, Kundu, and Sudu. It's <laughs> not real. Yeah, I fucked it. I made that up. Don't make that up. Kondu? I'll believe you. <laughs> I know. That's why I love doing Kondu? it. I like to flirt with your like believability. Like sometimes I say something. Like, oh, whatever, that's not true. And then sometimes, like, that's a reference to the truck in the 70s Captain America. And you're like, that's not real, Macy. Please tell me that's not real. Winks. Anyways, Schmondu is my favorite. Um, he's so a, he's a small little dwarf man. <laughs> Anyways, Michael <coughs> Roker, who we did confirm it was Michael Roker. And yeah, I I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Not I, Woody Harrelson. I I confused. First of all, I confused Brolin for Bridges. Um, <laughs> so I was like the big. Lebowski's in this movie. He's not. I'm just an idiot. I, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, what was your What was going through your mind when you're like, yeah, Jeff Bridges came to the MCU twice? Um. 
I just thought. Why are you looking at Guardians Volume Two? Because I want to see who his actual dad was. No, don't. Don't okay, look away. Okay, because I was Stop. like, I was so sure. I was so sure it was him a second time. No, and I just wasn't gonna. I was just wasn't gonna. I you gotta you gotta it. promise me you're not gonna look at Guardians Two stuff. I was, and I was just looking at the cast list. That's it. That's a spoiler. How don't is that a spoiler? Because it's a spoiler. Don't look. Okay, I just wanted to be sure if Jeff Bridges was in Honey, it or not. He's you, not. You have two MCU fans. I'm... And I'm, we can tell you with absolute certainty, Jeff Bridges is dead. Yeah, Jeff Bridges is gone. He he went into space, I, came back down, and then just exploded. This was like a Mandela effect in my brain. I was so fucking sure of it. Okay, I just had to be sure. He's right. gone. He's dead. He's okay. in the ground. The okay, I get it. The bridge is broken, Sarah. The bridge is broken. Okay, I get it. Mate, uh, Sarah, he's in a box of scrap. Oh, I tried to make that work. Hold on, let me try it. Ironmonger. He was a box fuck. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so uh, I actually don't remember what happens in events at some point in the middle. So I, at this okay, point. Okay, so, okay. He gets so picked up. What do we okay. cut to after this? Hold on. He cu- we cut to the temple that he dances around in. Okay, so we do cut there. Okay. Yes. Okay. Were we, t- were we talking about the middle of the movie or just right no, now? No, no, no. no right now. Because um, I, w- I forgot if it's. Okay, never mind. No, no, no. We, I do, we, I, we do go to the weird planet yeah. that we don't know anything about. He's um, got like a scanner that shows you the past of the planet. He's also listening to a song. And I come I and get just, you love. Come and yeah. Uh, I I want to say this uh, was the point where I was like feeling that my feelings about this movie were like conf- like solidifying, just because I thought that was just. I the was most trying emotional to... moment that would happen in this movie. No, I'm talking about the temple scene. Mm. Um. Because I'm like, this is trying too hard now. Like really? it's trying. It really? was. I felt like it was trying too hard. How to be? Oh, look at how cool and relaxed this guy huh? is. He's gonna be a funny adventure man. That's how I felt about it. Really? Yeah. Where does this come from? Um. Uh, Let's do some like, therapy right now, Sarah. Where does this come from? Like Uncharted. Okay. Um, I really wish we had cameras so you can get our effects. Well, phase three, we're going to use cameras. We've decided <laughs> okay. that. Um, Sarah, I, I have a question. Uh-huh. Indiana, well, no, Indiana Jones He's is cool. classier. Yeah. What? I, 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 what? I, I don't know where this, like, the inception. I, th- I, I just, I don't know why. I was like, I was like, oh, he's. they're trying too hard to be, like, relatable and, like, Hmm. Like funny to the audience, essentially. Really? Like he's just dancing around in this temple. I thought he was a goofball the first time. I, like that. I, that's yeah, what but that I felt like it was. That's why I was like, oh, he's a goofball. But I feel like it's trying too hard to show that. That's I, what I was thinking. Okay. That's. I mean, I'm. I. I'm trying. Okay. So this is. I'll speak for Macy. Please. <laughs> I feel like we're trying to decipher where it comes from. Where, because we both saw the movie for the first time, and we're like, "Oh, this is neat. This is a neat, like, kind of campy style." Do you not see camp in it, or do you just see it's like trying too hard to be funny? I see it as trying. I saw the first part of it as trying too hard to be funny. Okay. Um, I didn't see it as camp so much. Um, 
But the more the movie went on, the more that I liked it. It was just that first scene that I was a little jaded by. Now, now let me ask you. Let's pretend I'm your therapist or your, yes. your, your therapist. Um, did, did the hate come from it being Chris Pratt? Or did it come from you just not liking the change in tone? No, I think it might, might be the change in tone. Okay. Um... I just, it's just, I don't know. I can't explain. It's just how I feel about it. Okay. Like, I was like, I, I just, ugh, I feel like it went on for too long. I think that might have been it too. Like. It's trying to do the opening credits though. Yeah, I know. It's trying to do two things at the same time. Yes. I just feel like they could have been more subtle about it. That's just how I feel about it. Like, I like. How did, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> This is, we're getting into the nitty gritty of the MCU, and I just like that. I'm literally, I'm just coming from like a separate place, like a third party. Yeah, place. like me and Macy have these preconceived You set have up these preconceived and walls inside comic head. notions, yeah. but anyone, I, I was literally just watching this as a normal person. And then I'm trying, Macy just, not Macy, Sarah's breaking down those walls. Yeah. And, or Sarah's breaking down those walls, and me and Macy are just like, well, how? No, you you don't see it the same way we do? No, I don't. <laughs> don't you understand that the Snyder Cut is a much better vision for Justice League? Like, I, I... 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 Let me be honest. So, the reason why I was a little confused and subtle, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not subtle. It, this no. Is, it, this is the least... No, I know. In terms of, like... Visual and spectacle. This is probably one of the most campy movies. I think the only thing subtle about this movie is like things were that are happening inside characters' heads, and you have to watch yes. this to have like. Yeah, a, no, I'm not saying that it's meant to be subtle. I'm saying that it could have been less. Okay. So. And so, in which way, if you could have done that oh my scene? God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just want to say. Just for the audience at home, Macy is the person who uh, will try to at the like go to the end of the earth to find out why you exactly feel that way, and I'm the person who will just go, okay, and then keep going. Yeah, I because I, I, <laughs> I'm like over here trying to deliberate between Sarah, who's like that's just my opinion on the matter, and Macy and- going like. Well, but why do you feel that way? Because I like it so much. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like maybe that, because I, I, I don't really, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I feel like we are in a bit of an impasse because I like the the opening and I feel like I don't, like I'm trying to figure out why you don't. I'm not trying I to convince I don't you. like action movies. Okay. I don't like action and I don't like sci-fi. I mean, I like sci-fi for the most part. You like Mass Effect. You I like, like story. I like Mass Effect. I like story and I like lore. Probably, but I'm not so much into the techno babble. You, oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, you like ne- Next Generation. I'm like, well, maybe I have not. never watched a Star Trek in my life. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just the two other Star Trek people who yeah, are Yeah, that's fans. why when you kept making Star Trek references, it's almost like, it looks like Mass Effect. <laughs> that's Thor. That's a Romulan spacecraft. Um, anyway. <laughs> I, I don't like action. Um, so I think action stars are obnoxious. Okay. That's just how I feel Chris about Evans? it. Um, no, I'm not saying Chris Evans. I'm saying like 
Chris Hemsworth. Tom Cruise. Okay. He's saying like the modern day. I'm talking about star. like separate from the MCU action like, stars. She's not a fan of Lethal Weapon sort no. of thing. She's I'm not, not a fan a of J- Jason Bourne. John Wick? Or John, John Wick. Wick. You're not I, a fan of John Wick? I've never seen it. Oh, uh, it I'm is. not that's a fan of whatever the fuck John, John Krasinski is in right now. Oh, that's fair. What the hell is John Krasinski? He's in that Tom Clancy TV show yeah, on Amazon. Yeah, it's in Tom. Like anytime Tom Clancy pops up, it's also because I never liked Call of Duty or like that's any fair. of the more action games. So like, I I just felt like it was trying too hard to like get my attention and to make me be like, oh, he a funny man. <laughs> Did you like Suicide Squad? I didn't watch it. <laughs> the sequel, second one. I didn't watch it. So now that we've established Sarah didn't like the opening to Guardians of the Galaxy, we move on to him getting an orb that we don't know anything about. I thought his gadgets were cool. I thought his gadgets were really cool. I love how like this episode's going to have the two largest openings in before and after. <laughs> and we spent 20 minutes deliberating on like the same issue. <laughs> you spent 20 minutes questioning me about I was this. curious. I wanted to get to the nitty gritty. I wanted to figure out why. You, Macy, you wanted an answer to something you would never get an answer to other than I just didn't like it. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, I, I feel like we need to set this up now in the fucking middle of phase two. Or the tail end of phase two. We need to figure this out. I'm now. I'm coming from a third party perspective. As I ha- as, I was going to say, Macy, did obvious. you forget what the podcast is about? <laughs> I know zero yeah. about comics and stuff. Uh, yeah. Besides what Macy tells me, and I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm just too analytical. Because like I I like when we talked about like too, too used to talking to me. Fuck damn. Oops. I am also well. I'm also too emotional. So I just speak in my feelings, and I just feel things, and yeah. that's just how it is. I'm too analytical. I understand you. Thank no, you. I, I get you, Sarah. I'm just too... I'm one of those people that's like... like I remember last time when we talked about Winter Soldier, and I, you basically were like, I can't think of anything like the movie. And you were like, I don't like the villain. And you were like, me and Vince were like, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, so we move Who on. Who was the villain in Winter Soldier? See, there, that's the point. That's oh, the, yeah. oh, it was the guy with the, the senator, whatever. Alexander Pierce. Uh, um, Jim, uh, Jamon Huso, or Hunso. That's the guy who, okay. That's the guy who mm. shows up and, and says who to him. Yes, um, uh, Korthar. Uh, shows Kothar? Up, yeah, shows up with his gang of people that work for Ronan. Wasn't he? So, he was, also reminded me of the Dark Elf. One of the dark elves. It's because of the little cosmetic things he has on him. Things, yeah. You know what? You know what? Like uh, I heard that he was in the running to play Black Panther. I think I really. Heard yeah. Oh. Um, oh, he uh, also was Black Panther in some cartoons. I think. Oh. I didn't see that in his IMDb. Really? Yes. Let me look. Th- you guys keep telling you talking about that. Well, okay. So, so Peter has this cool gadget. I really want to talk about this gadget. Where he throws it on the ground, and it's. I know y'all said it was like a gravity bomb, but I was like, why isn't he getting sucked in? So it just seemed to me like it was magnetic and like pulling the the orb out of its force field to like down onto it. Uh, And I just thought it was really cool. And he uses it multiple times. In the beginning only. Um, So he has this little showdown with the uh, guys who work for uh, Ronan the Accuser. And they're called the Accusettes. Sure. Let's go Ronan with that. Ronan and the Accusants. 
Um, and it's this nice little action sequence where every now and then there's a frame you could pause and put in the background of your PC, like Macy said. Yeah. Um, or just print it out. And print it, it out, put it up on your wall. Yeah. Um, and he gets out with the orb, and we go to, is it Xandar? Yeah, we go to Xandar. Yeah, I'll, I want to say also. The all city called, is called Nova Prime, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think the, cinemato- the cinematography in this movie is so beautiful, like, especially towards the end, like, so many shots are like artistic that I really have to commend the cinematographer for this movie. It's so good. Like uh, not just how we frame action scenes or try to, cause like the one thing I like about this movie is it's framing. Mm-hmm. Everything is perfectly framed to get as much information in the foreground, in the background. There's always something happening and you're always having a direct. Your eyes lo- are always like wandering i think because there's so many things that you can look at too like as far as like details go that you can notice not like, to the mention more subtle things the way they they frame different planets yeah are always like in a very good like interesting shot mm-hmm. um so we're on nova prime or the city nova prime and uh he's gonna go thing to uh, a guy well before that we meet ronin we um, also meet yondu well, we meet Yondu because I believe he sends a transmission to... And the, his, and the girl he slept with that was still on the ship yes. pushed the Yeah, button. the pink but, girl. But that's, I think that's uh, after Ronin. Because we get introduced to Ronin, who goes through his Kree rituals and having all this shit put on him. Who yeah. is played by Lee Pace, one of the sexiest <laughs> men alive. <coughs> uh, I would compare Lee Pace to Tom Hiddleston. I do think that he could have been a Loki... In this, if he was not a was Ronin, Lee Payson. Lee Payson. Uh, he was Thranduil in um, The Hobbit. Ah, okay. oh, that was like one of my favorite kind of like sexy dwarves. Isn't he also? Oh, no, uh, he's an elf. <laughs> oh, never mind. No, okay, it's not. It is, isn't it? Thranduil. He's the elf king. He plays the elf king in The Hobbit. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was thinking of the other dwarf with the, with the black hair that makes me No, he is things. hot. He is hot. Yeah. Thorin. I think, is that his name? God, I want him to bore in me. You know what I mean? Can we, if we're on Than, like we're not on Than. We're, we're on Ronan. If we're on Ronan, can I talk about how he's probably my least favorite? Like, like he's like not really great. How so? I feel like he doesn't have a lot to do, and I feel like they simplified his backstory so much, and they never really come across. He's just a terrorist. He's very one note. Yeah, he's very one note, and the only time I ever kind of feel interested in the character is at the very end of the movie when he looks at Starlord's dancing. Uh, I have does to, that reaction. I have to show you something real quick. Um, but so yeah, I feel like Ronan um is the perfect. Uh, person for the guardians though because the guardians are so abstract and crazy they yeah. need something that kind of grounds up an over crazy villain that just wants to blow up a planet like i, I feel like it, yeah ronin as a whole isn't a great character but he's a good villain for the guardians of the galaxy because they need like a crazy unstoppable force to come like into their chaos. I also yeah. like his design a lot. He does have a good design. I I, um, I, I, I will say that it is pretty, it's really close to comic accurate. I think just like a little twerks here and there. I do kind of like that. They make him a 
his 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 aesthetic really fits this backstory, which is being like a crazy cult leader, essentially, mm-hmm. like a a crazy radical. Oh, hold and on. Okay, okay, so I, I want to see what it, the movie's supposed to be. We're introduced to Ronan, um, and uh, I believe he has one of these Xandar guys, like in a vice thing, and we meet the two daughters of Thanos as well. Um, and he comes over and like just straight up executes this dude on this blood pool thing that goes into like something that you think is going to open up to the aliens. It looks like the thing from underworld where you drip the blood into it and you think like a vampire is going to come out of it. Oh my God. What if it was like, was it Christopher Lee just pops out of nowhere in this movie? Christopher and... Lee. Yeah. Why Christopher Lee? Because he was one of the original Draculas in the 70s. Oh, I was thinking Underworld, Bill Nye. Yeah, I was thinking oh, Bill Nye. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I forgot who that was. So my second Dracula, I thought was Christopher Lee. Because <laughs> I went from... Because I knew... I forgot who that was. Welcome to ICU MCU, where we talk about who's your favorite Dracula. Sarah, who's your favorite Dracula? Bella Lugosi. My my favorite Dracula, I uh, the guy who did the voice of Vlad, Vlad Tepes. Um, okay, well no, I Castlevania. Changed, I changed my mind. It's the Dracula from Van Helsing. Who's your favorite Dracula? Fuck, I have to say the same thing with Sarah. <laughs> I love Van Helsing. It's All a right. great movie. I'm gonna watch that for Halloween. Well, have fun. Um, anyways, so Ronan's introduced. Uh, we cut to basically uh there's gonna the daughters of thanos are at least gamora is gonna go after peter quill because he has the orb that uh thanos wants Mm -hmm. and then i I don't know if we go to xandar first or if we go to thanos first oh we don't go to thanos because i think wait do we? we do go to Thanos Yeah, we do first. go to Thanos. And yeah, because get... he's talking to the guy with the mouth, and then yeah. immediately he goes to Thanos. The... And I was like, then why were you talking to that guy on the, the screen? The other. We yeah. go to the other. Um, the other says, like, he's doing this Lord Palpatine pr- routine on the fucking... You, you, you can't believe it's Thanos. And then we go to the place where Thanos hangs out, and we get to see the second look of the comic book accurate Thanos. <laughs> Before we just go a different direction. He looks so much better than he did in Dark World. I gotta say that. He looks so much better. I, I want to say this because I don't think we'll get a chance to... Like, we'll, we'll probably... I want to talk about this here because I feel like it's really important for me. Yeah. This is the Thanos I've wanted mm-hmm. in Infinity War. And I feel like that's all I'm going to say until we get there. Because I feel like, just to summarize, we were building toward a different Thanos. Yeah, because when I saw Thanos in this movie, I remember freaking out and it was like, and something I've realized now after seeing the Thanos that is in Infinity War and Endgame, um, like, I was like, oh, they modulated Josh Brolin's voice to make it sound like deeper. And I didn't realize that the first time I watched this movie. Um, and also, again, he he looks all weird still compared to what we got. Is what I'm saying. I know he looks good, but it's weird to me just because I'm used to the one that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like we didn't, they didn't create all the CGI stuff for him until they started filming that. So a lot of the the technology they used to yeah. bring him together, because that's why he still looks like he's from the comic book panels, but in 3D uh, in a CGI. Yeah, I was just saying it looked better than whatever the fuck Dark World was doing. It was it Dark World or was it Avengers? It was. It was a. Uh... I, it, was, it was Avengers. I, I thought it was, it was Avengers. okay. I thought it was Dark World because no, World, Dark World was the Aether and the yes, Collector. They, yes. Okay. Um, um. Sorry, I meant Avengers. Clearly, if, I know nothing in this episode, and I am constantly just spouting bullshit. 
No, I feel like you have a lot of good points. I feel like sometimes we just have off days. Like <laughs> like me being drunk during Thor the Dark World. That was my off day. Um, um but I think we skipped ahead, but we'll go back to Xandar. We ha- we get introduced to Rocket, we get introduced to Groot. Uh, and everyone's just kind of introduced as Peter says, "Hey, Ronan wants this to the broker, the power, the broker, not the power poker. That's a different thing. That's from Mass Effect. No, not the power brokers from fucking. Well, it's from Mass Effect, and it's also from the future. Yeah, it's in the future Marvel stuff. Anyways, uh, we come to the point where they're all trying to capture each other and get away from each and other all the at the same scene, time. The scene looks like." a teaser trailer for a battle royale with all of these characters where they're constantly one-upping one another. It's very entertaining to watch. It is a very intuitive scene because it shows the power set of each one of the people. It also is just a good introduction to uh, both Gamora, Groot, and Rocket and giving kind of like their personality through their actions. So I have a fun fact about Rocket Raccoon that I found on Google. I don't know why he doesn't have a British accent, uh, it might. I I could probably find it if I looked super hard. Yeah. Um. So the first cut of the Guardians movie that was shown to executives after the movie was done, the executives went to James Gunn and everyone and said, "Why doesn't he sound like um? What's the name of the um? I can't remember the name of the actor that plays Rocket. What's his name? Bradley Cooper. Yeah. They were like, why doesn't he sound like Bradley Cooper? We got Bradley Cooper so we could have Bradley Cooper in the movie. And they was like, oh, he's doing a voice because he wants to sound like how the character looks. And they were like, but we want him to sound like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> that makes sense. Isn't the, they no, got that- Bradley Cooper because they wanted to have a named actor playing. See, okay, but that makes sense. Rocket. Because, because uh. when I was watching it, I was like, I was like, he doesn't sound anything like Bradley Cooper. You know what, I can't even tell it's him. You know what makes me really mad? Mm. They had a British guy at the very end of the movie being part of the 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 the, the Nova Corps, mm-hmm. and they got. Mm. Well, they, they should have given him a Cockney accent. I'm sure that's offensive. I but. I I 100 after this, Sarah. After you show me that that cult leader thing, I'm going to show you what British rocket sounds like it's gonna be i can believe it yeah okay but yeah i guess that makes sense you gotta sell the movie somehow you gotta pay that rent you gotta put bradley cooper in give him a weird accent fuck it yeah but bradley cooper um does a good job with rocket regardless i like the brooklyn sound and bronx uh rocket and unfortunately has become what he sounds like and i'm sure there's like media later on that's probably gonna be like a direct tv marvel movie that's gonna be like animated and they'll have him have a cockney accent people go what doesn't he sound like bradley cooper why, <laughs> why would they ask it like that because <laughs> it's a guy it's a kid and he's british and he's like what doesn't he sound like the, the rocket in the movies why does rocket sound like papa, me that's papa. all right can I? Can you give me three gold coppers to go get some candy? I'm really sad, so I want some candy because the rocket didn't sound like the Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I wanted him to sound American, not like my grandfather. Papa, Papa, I want a Snickers bar. No, he wouldn't this? ask for a Snickers what bar. What is this, Willy Wonka? He would ask for like a Cadbury, like piece of chocolate Snickers bar. It's garbage to the British, Maisie. What the fuck is wrong yeah, with actually, you? Actually, Europeans really hate American chocolate. They think it tastes like vomit. You need oh, to I- learn how to do this improv correctly. They say it's too sour. Well, I just want to say, everybody, I'm sorry for this misgivings. I made a mistake, and I have to own it. And I'll just say, 
I really do like Bradley Cooper in this film. He is a good actor yeah. in this film, even though he's playing a talking raccoon. Um, um, I think Zoe Saldana is super cute in the entirety of this film. Um, even ex- with her bad wigs, no, as you said. except for at times her wig is really, really bad. It's really bad when they go from like lower angles to like shoot up because the sun reflects onto like the hair, the synthetic hair at the bottom specifically. I just think they could have gotten her a better way. Well, Sarah, you could argue that that's just how alien hair looks in light like that. Hey, Sarah, okay, great. Don't you know that alien hair looks different? Yeah, alien hair isn't like human hair, Sarah. Okay, cool. Why are you space racist? All right. <laughs> hey, Sarah. It also just, I mean, it just, you could almost see the like, the like edge of it is <laughs> I could see it at certain times. And okay. that's why I think that's what um, I mean. I'm gonna to. be honest, it's a valid thing because you are a cosplayer, so you would have more insight into that than we do. I just really like wigs. That's you do. fair. Um, so we but go. Can I say whoa, that you're whoa. you're wigging out right now? Stop. A lie. Um, so we go to they get arrested by the Nova Corps, and then they're processed. We learn everything about them, their past, who they worked for, and that's just for the audience. That is literally for the audience to figure out who exactly. That is the best way to do an info dump of yeah. something like that is profiles on those people and it's great and james gunn did it in this and he did it in fucking uh fucking the suicide the squad su- the suicide squad i movie. really do like that this is like the perfect way to introduce people it's kind of like a, a, a mission impossible or like a spy film or like uh like a like a, an old like uh, was it you say you spy you say you said you uh oceans oceans that's mm-hmm. what i was going for you yeah said that's what oceans. yeah no a lot of this felt like oceans um but it's like oceans but without the cutaway yes without the so here's what we do and then like it does the them doing it because no but they do have a part that's similar to that they (laughs) do okay so i'll get to that in a sec so they get arrested they get processed stuff like that they get some tomato juice thrown on them uh well everybody hates gamora oh yeah no the fucking shower of tomato Um, juice and everybody peter well peter gets his headphones taken away and it's playing the the song that i can't don't know the name of Hooked uh, on a feeling. The hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling by Blue Suede, 1973. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so, Sarah, you're so knowledgeable. Oh, I just remembered what he said in the movie. Oh. So, so, did you know Sarah's like Steve Rogers and has an eidetic memory? I have an eidetic memory. Ask me what uh, line three in scene 24 was. What did you have for lunch? <laughs> Sarah? I had Bebop for lunch, okay? Okay. Sarah? Yeah. What is my favorite Ninja Turtle? I'm. I don't want to fuck this up. Think real hard about Macy. What she likes. I. This is the most punchy episode of ICU. I want to say Leonardo. You're fucking right. I knew it. I knew it. Why? Why, why? is it bad? No, I just you fe- you just seem like that type. Like I, I I could tell my I don't know if you could tell my favorite Ninja Turtle is Raphael. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, mine? He's mean, and no, I love mine? that. Oh, yours? Uh... I'm going to guess, and you're going to guess. You both say your guess and tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. Donatello. Is it also Raphael? No, you're both wrong. Is it Michelangelo? It's Mikey. Damn, that was my first thought. <laughs> I just want to be different. I was just like, it's if it's Michelangelo, I'm be mad, but I want to say Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I could picture that. Uh, little boys, okay, for some reason, little boys and boys in general always love Mikey. 
I think that they could relate to him a lot more. Do you think women like more Leonardo? Um, I just think if you're like an extrovert, yeah, like a, a like a leadership type, like a you know what you want and you're gonna get it done. That's the kind of Leonardo type. It's oh. kind of like astrology. <laughs> Whoa. So your favorite Teenage Mutant Turtles is also kind of like a personality quiz about who you are. I just like Raphael because I'm a pervert. My um, actual uh, favorite <laughs> my actual favorite Ninja Turtle uh-huh. is Venus de Milo. You're just saying things to make me mad. <laughs> it's actually not Mikey. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Who it's- is it? I, I actually don't have a favorite Ninja oh, Turtle. Okay. I was just fair. fucking with both of you. Fuck, dude. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, so we come to after that, they're all arrested in the prison. And this whole time during this moment, um, Rocket Raccoon is devising a plan without the audience knowing it. And I noticed it this time around. I haven't watched Guardians 1 a lot. I've watched Guardians 2 more than Guardians 1. I, it's just weird. Um, I'm the reverse. I watched 1 more than 2. Uh, I think it's because I didn't have my own money when this movie came out because i saw guardians twice in theaters because i went to go see it again because i was like i have my own money in my own car i can go drive and see a fucking movie like that's the mood i was in um and then uh uh groot and um rocket stand up for peter because they need him for the bounty that yondu has on him and groot rips off the nostrils of nathan fillion yes the monstrous inmate is his character name yeah um who is voiced by nathan fillion they really tried hard to get him in this movie they did and they did um and then everybody okay everybody hates gamora they know she's the daughter of thanos they know she works for ronin and ronin of course is a religious zealot who wants the mass genocide of the xanders the zan uh uh zandarians the zandarians and so everybody's like well fuck you bitch and uh she gets dragged out of her cell because she's in solitary because uh, Thanos killed so many people's worlds besides yeah no 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 yeah Thanos did like destroy so many worlds um which one you guys said Raphael I said Raphael yeah you were right sir I knew it I just can't remember them I love Raphael I like them based off their weapons I love That's I knew you would I knew you would like him like the turtles but I'm, I'm I, but I, I also do like Raphael's personality he's mean he's angie I love Very him angie. He's I love so him, Angie. It's mad. the same reason. It's the same reason why Knuckles is my favorite character from Sonic. <gasps> I don't uh, have a favorite character from Sonic. Oh, actually, I do. They're big and the red bat. and Angie. I like Tits, Tits the, the Bat. Tits um, the Bat. Um, so, I really like just. Uh, uh, okay, so I, while Gamora is getting dragged out of her cell, we see Drax, who's staring at this happening. Yeah. And we're not introduced to him by name at first. I just know what his name is. Because I watched the movie, and also well, because I knew him beforehand. Sees, yeah, sees her, sees her in the beginning. Yeah, before she gets dragged out of her cell, because uh, he looks over at his cell and is kind of like kind of focuses in on him. And if you're a comic book fan, you know everything about who he is already. Yeah, but uh, she gets dragged out. She's about to be killed, and then Drax comes up and goes, "Yo, yo, yo." This is Listen my up. bitch. Listen up. Here's a story I'm about to tell you. My family got killed by Thanos, and I'm going to talk about what I'm going to... Never mind. Technically, he in this one, they got killed by Ronan. Uh, got killed by Ronan. And I'm through Thanos, him, but I'm, I'm not saying that yet. 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, Peter you, comes in with the other two and says, hey, don't with kill Rocket. her. Yeah, with Rocket and Groot and says, hey, don't kill him. Is, is here, I'll make you a deal. Do you need her to be alive in order to show Ronan to show up so you can kill, kill Ronan? And he has a whole funny thing about his race because they take everything literally and there's funny jokes that was a, that, that was happened. a recurring joke there's, and there's laughs there's gaffes there's a good old time so at this point i want to talk to you macy how do you feel you said the, the comedy in guardians one is okay i feel like okay so for me i feel that there are certain scenes i really like and there's certain scenes i don't like right and mm-hmm. I feel like this is like one of the starts of like the Marvel using comedy in both a good and bad way. Yeah. Like the comedy in um, that scene is pretty good. I like it. But then there's some scenes where it just takes it out. Like as much as I, you love that improv scene towards the end where we're all standing like a bunch of jackasses, which is a good improv scene. But it does just kind of take away from that very serious moment with all Quill. And so it's kind of 50-50 for me. And I think overall, I like the humor because some of it does serve character. I have a counter argument to that scene, Macy, in particular. I feel like it's very in Rocket's character because he doesn't want it to be too emotional. So he disarms the situation with comedy. Yes. But to the audience, it's still disruptive to that scene. Well... Fuck you. Anyways, (laughs) so we go. This is just like the opening again. uh, We come to uh, Rocket explaining the plan to everyone. I will say I really like how smart Rocket is. I think it's really fun that he's an asshole and he's also really smart, but he knows he's an asshole. Like he's not trying to be like charming or anything. He's just himself. Which also kind of conforms to the theme of a bunch of misfits hanging out. Yeah. Um, and while he's explaining the plan, Groot takes it into his own hand to start the plan by stealing the battery that they need. And it goes back to the idea of how this movie has perfect framing because you can see exactly everything Groot's doing in the background of the conversation. And uh, Yeah, like I said, the cinematography is fucking great. This. Yeah, um, so Groot steals the battery, starts the escape sequence, and we have a nice little sequence of everyone splitting up, doing their own thing. And we also get the idea that Drax could have escaped at any twa- time, but had no purpose until this exact moment. Because the guards come up to him, pointing guns at him, and he just like goes, ha ha, and just hits him out of the way. And I was like, oh, Drax could have just like juggernauted this whole fucking thing. Especially when you see him just like taking uh the the gun and it's just shooting him in bullets point blank yeah. and it's doing nothing none of these guns here probably even do anything to him yeah drax is like pseudo invulnerable he's like the tank of the group yeah mm-hmm. um so we have that moment they all escape they get inside the thing and we see rocket like doing his own little plan he's like the opposite of a jojo protagonist where he doesn't explain the plan he just does it and you have to try the audience literally has to figure out what the fuck he's doing until he does it because i feel like it's the perfect thing for like the audience for like especially when the first time you're watching i was like how the fuck are they gonna get a situation rocket's just doing shit but we don't know what he's doing oh and then it happens and you're like oh okay i i, I will say though it, it's so much better than just a day of sex you know what i mean mm-hmm. because sometimes they're just like I, I i pull things out of my ass but what i like about it is that it does just work 
with the situation and it doesn't feel like such an ass pull. Yeah, Rocket's the trust the plan person, but he doesn't tell you what the plan is until it's done. No, he's like, especially with I got just it. The, the unneeded leg. Yeah, or it's like that's just to give somebody something to do. But also, I feel like uh, Rocket has a thing for making disabled people disabled again. <laughs> I I think that's just him lashing out on the world. I think he finds it funny. Like the thing with stealing the eye. Yeah, the I just think end. he. I just think he thinks it's funny. I mean, okay, but he's like, I'm gonna take the leg away from this dude. And now he's, he's like, how how was was he hopping around? How funny was it? I just wish I was there. Yeah. Um. So we have them escape inside mm-hmm. the little thing. They get all their stuff. Rocket. Uh. Peter breaks off from their group and says, "I need to go get something." And Gamora's like, "No, fuck you." And so they, he does some weird sleight of hand stuff that we don't see until they're on the ship. And they're like, "We have the cube. We can or the orb. We can just fly away." And Gamora goes to the bag and goes, wait a second. And it's this perfect thing where it's like we established that uh, Peter is really good at sleight of hand and like tricking people and doing in misdirection. And he goes back and gets his uh, Walkman and gets back on the ship through any. We see that he has the mask that can fly through space, which is another Chekhov's gun moment. And he flies through space. And um, everybody's really impressed mm-hmm. um, until there aren't. They aren't, uh, and so they. Uh, Gamora's like, "We're going into space. We're going to nowhere. To to nowhere with a K, uh, which is the uh, mining colony that is made out of the skull of a celestial. Celestial, a dead but celestial. Before we do that, I do like the fact that before we even get there, we have moments of tension between the group to just to show that even though they're together. They're still not trusting each other. And I feel like that scene is very pivotal and kind of helps show the change of all these characters towards the end and coming together. Because Gamora and uh, Drax are fighting. Uh, uh, Quill is is being angry for Rocket because he's just doing his own thing and not caring about the ship. He's also like taking apart the ship and trying to do things to it. Yeah. Like he doesn't care. He just wants yeah. to make weapons and stuff. And make the ship better for him. Yeah. Um, and Groot's just there. Groot's just there. Groot is probably one of the only MC characters I would want to just vibe with because I feel like he would be a really good guy. I think he is the least problematic uh, character in the MCU. I think he only kills when he needs to. Yeah, I think that's that's true. It's a good thing. Yeah. I Uh, just, he's he's not like Wolverine where, you you know, he would get mad and probably cut people in line, literally. Groot kills when you're hurting his friends. Basically. He's a good boy. I just want to go to a fair with him. Yeah. Um, So. Uh, they get to nowhere. They get a meeting set up with the uh, the contact, the collector. Yes, which Gamora is just like the contact. Oh, there was a moment earlier where the collector popped up at a scene. Just because when at the very beginning of the movie, and the girl is like cleaning the case, ah, yeah. and that was like towards the end of the uh, like that when they escaped. Yeah, but it was it was before this, and so it was like, oh, they're it's probably going they to the director. There, when they were yeah. headed into nowhere, it cuts to the collector uh, abusing one of his, uh, his just to set the scene slaves. I would say, yeah, yeah. And she's also a pink girl. I don't know what race they are, but well. Yeah. The, just to give like more backstory on the character, he's someone who finds rare things and he takes them, whether they're people or items, and that's why he's kind of collector. He's also one of these immortal beings in the MCU that are kind of like, 
I don't, I don't know what the term for it, but they are like a race of individuals and they all do different things. Like there's the gardener who takes care of this universal garden. Mm-hmm. I forget the other ones, but some of them aren't great. But going back to kind of like that, that's why he kind of wants all these kind of infinity stones are willing to protect them because mm-hmm. he, he just wants of, unique things. He's like, if it's one of a kind, I want it. Yeah. yeah. Th- there's actually a, a scene in a, in some of the comics where he thinks, I think Thor is like unique. And so he wants to literally keep them there forever. <laughs> Yeah, he was gonna do the same thing. With, oh, uh, we, we forgot, we skipped over the scene where um, um, Ronan goes to the Xandar prison, Zandarian prison. Yeah, I was gonna say that, um, and basically goes in there, asks where they went, and then um, I believe just kills everyone on there because like can't know where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they go. Then we go to nowhere, we set up all the stuff about the collector, and then we go to the bar where it shows them kind of like playing this weird game with these space like lizards. It's like cockfighting, but worse. Yeah. And it also feels kind of like a weird like cockfighting gambling game where like the lizard has to make it towards the end of this like table area. And Groot got really sad in the middle of it and I felt his feelings. Mm-hmm. He's probably like, I don't want to kill him. I don't I don't either. Why are these and do they start arguing before or after, after. they go to the collector? No, it's it's um, bef- it's after because they just they come back in and there's a fight. No, 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 it's not after because because uh, oh yes, because the girl interrupts the fight. Yeah, because what happens is like uh, we ha- like they're getting drunk and they're having a good time, right? And then we have that nice scene that tries to start setting up the, the Gamora Star Lord relationship. I thought that was a very nice. That was scene. a really good scene because I I talked to Macy about it, um, where it shows Gamora. Like I said, it thinks like some of the qualities of Peter and are endearing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, but and is like, oh, he's cute. He's like really nice. And like he went back to get the sentimental thing about his family and we learn about his family and stuff like that. Um, leave him alone. Um, I'm trying to get him to jump down. <laughs> no, he's fine. Um, and uh, then Gamora realizes that- He's a space slut. He's a James Tiberius Kirk. He's a man whore. What did he? What did she say about his his a pelvic, pelvic sorcerer? His pelvic his sorcery. Because he, they probably know he's like a man whore. He sleeps with a lot of people. And also, oh, Gamora's kind of into it because she's like, you know, I don't want to fuck you. We need to do this job right now, Peter. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to say it, it does talk about his. In the Xandar prison, it does talk about his man whorishness, and uh, that's the only thing Drax uh, remembers about him is that he fucked like a Cthulhu bitch. Yeah, like a. a I don't think he f- did. He fuck. Or yeah, he said he was it was cheating. one time. He cheated on the girlfriend or girl that he was with at the time yeah. with a Cthulhu girl. Uh, anyways, so Tentacle. that a fight breaks out, and uh, we learn that Rocket is very sensitive about being called like different names and stuff like that and then peter goes hey just like bear with it so we can get this fucking money also he shouts that in front of everybody who's watching and i was like does anybody have questions about this that's the one thing i always think about watching this movie and i always think that someone's listening and that's kind of how yeah i was like is anybody gonna rob them that's supposed to be a red herring yeah, I, but then you see Drax kind of storm off after, like... Uh, to be fair, they do blow up the place afterwards, so I don't think anybody has a choice. 
Um, so they go, the collector calls him in, Drax goes off to the guy on the radio. And tries, and, and basically is trying to, we know who he's calling, he's calling Yeah, because he's like, because uh, Drax during the argument is like, well, Ronan's not here, we're not any closer to Ronan. Yeah. And then they get he's, interrupted and they have to go to talk to the collector. Because so he's Drax drunk and angry, two decides, combinations yeah. you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Drax decides to take matters into his own hands and get Ronan where he is. So we talk to the Collector and we talk about the Infinity Stones where we show every one of them. I think except for the Soul Stone we show. Um, and and I was... the Mind Stone. We show, we show the Aether, we show the Tesseract, we show the stone that we have right here. And we talk about the celest- the Celestials, things like that. And again, me and Macy probably at the time in a movie theater going, holy shit, we're talking about this? I literally, in the movie theater I was with a friend when I watched this, I was like, I looked at her and I pointed and I looked at her and I pointed and she gave me this look. What the, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Um, I was busy guessing which one of the Infinity Stones were which and I was wrong on pretty much all of them. Well, I believe you learn about them soon. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll have an unnecessary thing to talk I, about that. I uh, fucking, I, I know vaguely about things. Do you know what the stone was the center point of this movie? The, I know The purple is. one? What is it called? It's, it's the is power the, stone. Oh, I, I see. I also don't know their different names. I was like, mind, soul, time. Hey. I, I got something to remi- help you remember, uh, Sarah. Uh-huh. So whenever you space, think of- Space? Is there a space stone? There is a space stone. There is a space stone. Uh, whenever you think of Guardians of the Galaxy, just say, you got the touch. You got the power. That's actually a very good uh, mnemonic device. I also want to say they uh, severely uh, missed an opportunity to play Rocket Man by Elton John because that came out in 1972 so it would have been fine too cliche I I don't care it's a great song I think uh, don't worry we'll get that song whenever we make the Elton John docu-movie they already did so we um, come to the collector the collector tells him what this is inside the orb and it's a power it's the infinity stone we don't know it's the power stone yet um, and uh, he talks about how people have tried to use it and stuff like that, and how it's literally impossible unless you're a celestial. They showed or a really you, cool... You have to be very strong. Or you have to be very strong, and they talk about how people used a ritual to control the power of the stone, which yes. is another, the third Chekhov's gun yeah, of this they, movie. So they, they said that a group of people tried to control the power stone by controlling it together, and so that's why I was like, I, at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Uh Yes. Uh, um, also, um, there was a really cool design of a celestial. I I don't know anything about it, but I really liked it. And we'll it learn ha- more about them in the Eternals, probably. Okay. So, like, uh, yeah, we'll see in Eternals because we actually saw it in the trailer, you know? Um, but it's also weird that the MCU only has, like, one Eternal in mind, and it's that one. Yeah. Really? Uh, well, they prob- it's not, probably not going to be Kit Harrington. That's all I'm saying. Huh? not going to be kit harrington the, uh, um I, it's the main character guy is probably going to be the well, no because because it because they in the trailer they show the same eternal design whatever who fucking cares you're not I even there you like my rocket raccoon impression it sounds like my stan lee impression i won't be honest with you vincent you do sound like you would be in the disney channel animated rocket raccoon 
Hey, I'm fucking Rocky Raccoon. I'm walking <laughs> yes, here. because Disney Channel would say, hey, I'm fucking Rocky Raccoon. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking Rocky Raccoon. Gabagoo. You get the gabagoo. Come over to my house. You see Groot. He's small. We're all gathered here today to talk about whacking a guy. I'm part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody want to get some of my pasta alioli. Someone give me a cannoli. Oh, my God. Uh, we're now with three rocket raccoons revealing Guardians of the Galaxy. We're the three rockets. We're like the rocketeers. That dan- Are they dancers? Sarah, you know who the rocketeers are. Uh, yeah, they dancers. They dance up in, in, in New York City, and they, they, they kick their legs this up is- real high. This is the most punchy fucking episode of this damn podcast. I, I actually think this is just a farce at the end of the day. Anyway, <laughs> so we move on. We find out that the thing has ultimate power. The slave girl runs over, touches the thing because she wants to end the collective collector's reign, and she dies, and we get a Shekhov's guy that I, the thing kill humanoids if they touch him. I just think that this also kind of has like a very another indiana jones death scene to me because even as an adult i found that scene unsettling where, like, she, where she like breaks apart she like, just heals apart just it's so uncomfortable to me especially when she screams and there's like this weird reverb like she's screaming into the void mm-hmm. you're just like she's ah! like no it's bad it's really uncomfortable and then she explodes into purple because <laughs> That's the blood that she has. And then we. Uh, fu- and I then was there's thinking a shot- it was uh, yeah, because the Infinity Stone was grape flavored. Anyway, so we cu- we see that Cosmo the uh, the dog is fine. Yay! Yay! The dog's fine. Do you know that there's there's a team of Rocket Raccoon, Cosmo, and Howard the Duck. Sounds about right. I would love that, but also if we could add uh, Alligator Loki into it. Holy shit, that's amazing. So we uh they they find out the power stone bad and then they go, Why do we have this thing? And then Gamora's like, I didn't know this was Affinity Stone. Uh, we need to get this to the Nova Core. They the only people who can fucking take care of this thing. Yeah, they they're the only one who take care of this thing. Shut the fuck up. And then and then Rocket was like, We just should just give it to the Ronin and and Peter's like, no, I live in this fucking galaxy. Why would I want it to be destroyed? And mm-hmm. then the Ronin comes. And then the Ronin comes because Drax is a maniacal. Drax uh, te- <laughs> drunk texted him, you up. <laughs> he didn't do that. He did that. Hey, your parents home? Uh, my parents uh, are home. Come over, Ronan. He texted him, "WYD." Accuse my asshole. Uh, what, what you doing? Accusing of what? Having too much Taco it's, Bell? It seems that your ass is guilty of eating Jack in the Box tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we come to the fight between Drax and Ronan. Uh, Ronan beats the shit out of Drax. I, I Ronan's just, men I, I slash love... Nebula. Yeah. Uh, come over here and take out most of the people and kind of like get them out. And then Gamora gets blown up into space, and we see that the, the one of the Chekhov guns pays off right here with the mask coming off and being put on. Oh uh, yeah, but Peter because if, he can breathe in space. Peter first calls Yondu yes. immediately because he knows Yondu is looking for him, and he could probably save them both if he gets here in enough time. 
Uh, but he wants to save Gamora more specifically, even if he dies. And so. there's kind of really a sad moment here where Rocket is kind of fucking sad that Gamora is going to die. And it's kind of like one of these things where he doesn't want to make friends because they kind of just die around. And he feels like he, he feels like he can't do anything. So he flies back. He says her augmentations will keep her alive for a couple more minutes. We got to go, though, because our ships can't make it outside here. So he flies back and Peter's like, fuck it. And calls Yondu, like you said, and uh, goes out, saves Gamora with his mask, which can breathe in space. Mm-hmm. And Yondu comes just in the nick of time before and a Peter or dies. Rocket sees this whole thing. Because mm-hmm. then he flies back down. Oh, uh, Ronan threw uh, Drax into a pit of Nickelodeon gack. Piss water. Uh, it's, like, it's like pee mixed with Nickelodeon slime. It looks like someone went to like a, a public pool and just pulled down. It's like, I'm glad I drank a couple it looks gallons like, of Mountain Oh, Dew. no, this is going to be really bad, and y'all can cut this out. It looks like somebody went to like a urinal trough and like poured jello in it. That's something. That is. That is... It looks like someone drank like a whole bunch of mellow yellow all day and just pissed. <laughs> it has some texture to it. It's like a little bit thicker. It looks it's like someone the... with a tract infection. It looks like the way that. Kevin Spacey's character in um, uh, Usual Suspects describes how bad his piss used to be. Gross. (laughs) No, this is the piss that comes out of someone that had too much syphilis. This is this is this is um, fucking uh, Spider-Man splooge, the one that killed Mary Jane. The radioactive spider semen? <laughs> yes, that's what that was. Um, so uh, Rocket slash Groot rescue him and then like stab his lungs so that he can train the shit out I of I was it. at first, I was like, why the fuck is he stabbing him? And then he started breathing and I was like, oh my God, he's clearing his airways. Yeah. I, I, I also like that this, like you're saying, like he is so dejected from losing two people again mm. that he just starts going into a ball of anger. And that's like... The definitive like, character in this for him is like whenever something doesn't go his way, he gets angry and but, he lashes out. Uh, but he's able to. Okay, he's also the only person that's able to understand what Groot is saying. Um, and Groot clearly has empathy. He's the empathetic one of the two of them. And so the he's like the flower and gave it to the kid. Yeah, that made me oh, that made me so happy because uh, he didn't have any money to give her so he could give a flower. Yeah, but um, uh. Uh, Rocket's like we can't do this blah 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 then Groot's like talking to him in Groot's language and Rocket kind of gets more or less convinced he's like but how are the two of us going to do this and then Drax goes well I'll come the three of us are going to do it and so they and and off- that was big Drax's moment to realize his mistake and how anger was ruling him so, yeah. he changed. so he's like yeah anger gets me nowhere we need to work together if we're going to do this sort mm-hmm. of thing and Rocket, Drax and um Groot go off and make their own plan. Why will we figure out what's going on with the Ravagers? He's getting uh, <clears throat> Peter's getting beat up by uh, Yondu, and uh, more or less he's able to talk him down and say, "Hey, if we do this, we can work. If we work together and split all this money, then we can fucking." Like stop this guy and all this stuff. I do also want to say uh, we did see Ronan get the uh, orb. We did. Um, and promptly put the Infinity Stone in his and said, "Fuck you, Thanos." Yeah, he was like, "Fuck you, Thanos." Fuck you, Daddy Thanos. You're I not found my a real dad. Daddy. Um, and 
like I thought he was gonna smash that wall, and I was mm-hmm. like, that would have been fucking radical, but he didn't. He That's just pretty dramatic. Up. And Thanos ended the call before uh, he could, because mm-hmm. Thanos is the one who hangs up. I like that Thanos wasn't even the one that like ended up like killing him. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, now Yondu's like, well. Let's hear a plan, and then Rocket shows up and is like, "I'm gonna blow up this fucking ship in five seconds." Um, and then everyone gets together. They make a plan on how they're going to do it, and they send a distress call to uh, Nova. And this is uh, this is again another. This is the Ocean's Eleven moment that I was talking about earlier, where they think out the plan, and then they they he he narrates over it as they're getting preparations done. Okay. Um, I, I also just like um, that the, there's these a lot of these human moments that we've always talked about, but the one with like uh, John C. Riley's Novacore character, where like you know he's like, well, he's he's not a bad guy, and I trust him. Is a very just real human kind of moment and yeah. very compassionate, and also kind of like the thing he's like, they're both they're wanted criminals. You why would we come back to the place where like we're most wanted, sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I built. Uh, a John C. Riley character really tries to convince like the is it, who is the Nova actress? Prime Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. I wanted to say that Glenn Close. It's still wild that she's in this I, fucking I know. movie. That's like the one everyone else makes sense to me except Glenn Close. There has to be a reason why she was cast in th- Guardians of the Galaxy. You know how they said they wanted Bradley Cooper? I feel like that's the same thing with Glenn Close. I think they just wanted another big star in this movie. Yeah, you're probably right. Because you know how like execs are. Yeah, we got Chris Pratt, but he's a nobody. And Zoe Dada- Zelda Dada- Dada- who? Right? Zoe Saldana. Zoe- she was in Avatar before this. Yeah, she yeah, was but, the Avatar. But, but <laughs> the Avatar. <laughs> you know, she was after Korra, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, it's probably one of those things where, like, there's not, there's not too many big act. We need one more. And then James Gunn open palmed. Glenn Close, brilliant. I feel like this was an executive thing, yeah. Because um, like, w- like how I talked about uh, Bradley Cooper not doing Bradley Cooper's voice, they probably wanted people uh, that were were like, I know exactly what it is, Macy. They thought this movie would just fucking flop. They thought no one was like Guardians of the Galaxy. This is nothing like. This isn't Captain America. This isn't Thor. This isn't that. How are we gonna stack this movie up with everything? Oh, like, we'll just put like a whole bunch of good actors. There's in. a, there's a, a. Everybody knew who the previous characters were. Everybody knew who Iron Man was even before Iron Man started. Like there was always toys and stuff. Better than Guardians. Yes, yeah. and so when Guardians came out, they're like, "This is our huge. This is the first huge thing that we're taking directly from the comics." Like nobody has not directly but yeah. well y- you know what i mean the characters yeah so no we we don't have any previous source material on this as far as like film goes so it, it this was specifically i think meant for marvel fans and then everybody ended up enjoying it did this is just a question for maybe you macy because i don't know i know james gunn i learned about james gunn from guardians I'll I'll be honest. Like I knew I had seen Super before this, but I didn't know James Gunn as like a director writer. And same with the Scooby Doo movie. I didn't know him as a writer when I watched that when I was like a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. Um, is James Gunn known for doing like ensemble casts of people? 
for directing and writing wise? I think the only thing I can think of was Scooby Doo. Um, like any of the trauma stuff, any of no, because no. traumas, trauma, they get literally nobodies who want to yeah. be in their their movies. Not I mean, even not even actors. Scarlett Johansson was in Slither, I think. Right? I think it was Elizabeth Banks. Anyways, but I just was curious if he d- had done anything with ensembles because he does like a really good job introducing and getting at you to like have emotions for each one of these characters. Yeah, I, I agree. I will say that the only thing I have a problem with this char- with this movie's pacing, the pacing I feel like is all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I was noticing that with Guardians. When I was like, I was watching, I was like, we're in the prison. Oh, wow, there's a lot to get to between here and the climax that I don't remember. Uh, they do go through things really quickly. It's a pretty pa- fast-paced movie. And, and that's kind of why like some of the the moments hit for me emotionally and some don't. Like I it doesn't hit for me Rocket. Like Rocket's whole character thing doesn't hit for me. I feel like everything outside of his emotional moments work for me. Yeah. Same thing with like Drax has some good moments. Um but the only characters I actually feel for in this movie uh completely are probably Zoe Zeldana a little bit and in in uh Gamora and Peter. Gamora Gamora and Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, speaking of trauma, Lloyd Kaufman did pop up in the prison. I just want to say that because I got really excited when I saw him. There are a lot of like just special cameos in the movie if you look at the credits. Um, So uh, we set up this big thing, Rocket and everyone have a speech and your favorite improv line that you don't like is said. I, I love the line. But... But at the same time... To the scene. It's the, a detriment to the scene. Yeah, because I, I like moments that end on a serious moment. Because I would love if... I would like to see if it still works. If they end the scene still standing and then it transitions immediately into the Cherry Bomb song. Yeah, so we go with the Cherry Bomb thing and the description of what's going to happen after that. And then they do the stuff against Ronin. They oh, set by up the way, it was such an incredible action scene. Like, I really enjoyed all the technology they implemented into it. I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the, the science fantasy technology that they use in it because it's, it's not like Star Wars or Star Trek where it's like just somewhat what, believable. It's just like stupid bullshit of like, they shot globs of solar energy that blinded them it's very comic book yeah. they it's, all it's, connected it's... <laughs> they all touched tips and made a fucking wall that is that you can't penetrate like that's fucking i loved that i love that scenery it's just so cool because it also just has like this idea of unity which further ha- is both like a, a physical thing with their organization that's all about unifying and protecting the ghosts. And this is mm. also kind of what's happening with the Guardians. They're coming together to become something better, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, it's just dumb technology, and this probably wasn't anything like that. But I do kind of like how silly it is. Like, their, their ships are purposely made to become linked shi- together and become shields, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we go through the whole sequence, Nebula and uh, Gamora, which Nebula isn't given a lot of screen time or uh, de- She's the dedication. But she... So I I can't do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I can't separate my mind from the hindsight I have of future movies. Yeah. Where I go, okay, this isn't Nebula's movie. That's Guardians 2 and mm-hmm. Endgame. Like, like I can't not do that. Like where I'm like, but they do it later, Macy. But you think at the time I was fucking pissed. Nebula didn't get any fucking backstory. I, I, no, I didn't really care. No, but... I'm just saying, like in general, like in hindsight, with a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie, like you don't get a lot about Drax, and you get more Drax development in Guardians Two. Uh, you don't get a, you get some of the stuff with Rocket, 
but you get more of it in Guardians 2. And it's better in Guardians <laughs> it's better. It's better in Guardians 2, but you're watching it and you can say, I don't like it in this movie. I don't care about my hindsight. Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because uh, I, I'm a person that when I'm watching something, even if it's a series, I take it as it is, as like at the time. And regardless if they do something in the future, it only works in a sense of like, oh, we're tying things together. Like, I do kind of like for the majority of Tony Stark's arc. But if they do something shitty, like in Iron Man 2, where it just stalls out for a bit because it's 1.5. Haha, <laughs> guys. Um, I just, it's it's more about I take it as it is and yeah. not what it yeah, can yeah, yeah. be. Um, so they get inside the ship. Uh, they do a Scooby-Doo. They do a Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Uh, Gamora and Nebula fight, and then they yeah they start to split up. She escapes, so Gamora has to stay behind to fight Nebula, take out the power. Uh, Nebula says, oh, wait, cuts off on. her hand. We forgot the whole beautiful Groot scene that felt very Spielberg. Well, we're not there yet. No, no, no that scene where oh, oh yeah, where he, he releases the, the spores. Yeah, <laughs> and it's such a good like just because it feels like you're giving space between the final battle yeah there's like a it's like a moment to breathe before the final battle i want to say this because there's another spielberg moment later that we're going to mention um but i was going to say this during the movie but there wasn't enough time for breathe for me to say it i would watch a movie if it was like a prequel series to before group met rocket that was directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I would watch a movie that's just called I Am Groot. And it's just about, it's like a quiet ass movie where you just watch Groot from like his early stages of sentience to like coming into the world. Like the, I would watch that movie so like, much. Like Wally for like yes. the first half of the movie. It's just Groot messing around and figuring yeah. out and being sad that he doesn't know where his family is. And only towards like, towards the later half of the movie do we get any sort of actual talking and kind of conversing mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's like when harry met L- lloyd dumb and dumber but better and done by steven spielberg um so we have we have this really big action sequence yondu's planes crash and the uh ronin's soldiers show up and say hey have the ravagers turn on on uh Xandar and you'll we'll give you money and we'll let you or spare your lives something like that and then we finally do there was a fourth Chekhov gun I forgot to mention his little whistle arrow Arrow. thing which is literally the most overpowered thing I've ever seen yeah he threatens to use it and it's controlled by the cybernetics in his head as well as the whistling that he does and it is so overpowered and strong like he takes out 20 guys just by zooming them all through their hearts. Like I in a row. really love just space characters or just characters in MCU that just have just ungodly powers uh-huh. for no reason. And I just... No reason. Just He's like, hey, I want a cybernetic implant in my head. When I whistle, I shoot like a small little sharp thing that goes and kills people. What a fucking idea, dude. Um, but Yondu gets away and he disappears. Well, that he shows up at the end of the movie. But yeah, anyways, um, I, I, I just want to further home like the tactics used to attack the ship, and they're all different kind of like mm-hmm. things they have to do. Is so good. It's not just kind of like simplified and starts like we gotta fight the the warp pole trigger. It's like everyone has their own job to do to save. And it. at I, the end of the day, the plan doesn't work. I also, yeah. <laughs> but I do like that they all came together for it. Like that, all of these people are like. 
this bitch is going to destroy all of us. We need to fucking do something. Um, and so they all come together. Yeah, so, and through the plan falling apart, and it seems like a Ronin ship crashes into Xandar. And you um, think he's dead. And you everyone, think he's dead. Um, everyone's also, Groot sacrifice, in quotes, sacrifices himself. What do you think? Because I love everything about that. Like, it's, it's very still, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. That's all, folks. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Steven Spielberg. But what do you think about the rocket line? It's like, no, don't do it, Groot. You'll die. What do you um, think of that scene? Because I have... I'm... I think it needed to be said for dumber people. Okay. I, I, I didn't really care that yeah, much about it. Yeah, there's sometimes... I know you take these things critically and they stab you in the chest. And yeah. you're like, who stabbed me in the chest? I need to find out why. Yeah. I... I do it with movie. I look at things through movie production brain yeah. and movie writing brain, where it's like not everyone in the audience realizes that this is a big sacrifice for, uh, like the whole team, and that he's probably not going to survive. Like, it, I think it's. I think it would have been more interesting for like the greater audience at large, where it's like, oh, Groot's doing this cool thing, and then it blows up, and then he's dead, and then he, we think he's dead. Yeah. And like there's no like other line where Rocket's just freaking out. I feel like that would be more impactful for audiences. But because you you, you think oh he's going to be fine and then you realize he's a bunch of scattered sticks. twigs and then you see you see Rocket's response on the ground to having his friend yeah. killed. I feel like that line right there is just so that the dumb audiences can have a telegraph thing. Mm-hmm. The popcorn eating on so they can go, oh no. And you know what I also... And I th- they can get over it by the time the crash happens. So you know what also I think really makes it worse for me in that scene? What? Bradley Cooper's delivery. I feel like he doesn't want to say it too. It feels to me like he doesn't want to say it. Like, like the line feels like th- they made him come back. Yeah, and say, "Hey, we need you to say this line." Because if you look at it, he's just like, "No, Groot, you'll You're die." Dying. Sounds like something from like a '90s movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was a little hamfisted. Like, a, like, a, like, a, like an early, um, the people who made the 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 Pebble and the it's, Penguin. It's kind of the same reason why when Peter's getting his fucking um, Walkman back, he's stunning them and not shooting them. It's a very Disney slash like clean movie choice where we need to tell the kid audience so that they can get over that Groot's gonna die after the big explosion happens. Yeah, it prepares them for it. The Disney um, audience where tar- the guy in Tarzan gets strangled and the, the guy, Mufasa gets... Yeah, but this is like new ugh. clean, squeaky clean. Because oh, yeah. Peter would have shot every fucking person in there if like... Well, maybe <laughs> not, but you know... Like, if it was like early 90s, we have a different production company, Disney. It's called Univista. Yeah, um, but uh, they crash... Ronan comes out with his hammer still with And he's the, like, hey, boys. I'm going to blow up this fucking planet. Oh, it's going to be so orgasmic, and sweetie. Rocket immediately jumps into action trying to build something and figure it out. Yeah, before Ronan even starts his chanting, mm-hmm. uh, he's doing that. And then Peter notices it, but the audience doesn't right away mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, because the three big brains here, the two that have seen the movie, and Sarah, I'm surprised you saw that. Um, not not that I, I not that I think you're stupid. Oh, no. I told you I have a, I have pretty good deductive reasoning, which is why I can't watch most you things see them on the floor. Going yeah, up. yeah, which is why I can't watch most things without 
predicting like, the ending predicting That's- the ending and i do it out loud most of the time so it's pretty annoying not not to mention that the fact that like you were very perceptive of watching winter soldier as well mm-hmm. um but uh the most comic book thing in the movie happens oh, so where good. uh so because peter's uh tape deck so uh, survives the crash and uh somehow miraculously and um he starts singing and dancing to the song that's playing like, yeah Ooh, child, to be fair i be easy i liked this part i did and i think it's because i had grown to like you, peter at that yeah, point and, and you, i knew it was coming and you grew you knew you figured out <laughs> well it's because i figured out what rocket was doing also you also figured out what peter was doing yes and Pe- how, how what type of character peter is at that point yes yeah, so i think it's like after this character progression and learning to really like peter also the beginning of the movie the checkoff's gone because he was dancing in the beginning he was yes that's true uh it's just it it has two completely different contexts for me <laughs> um, um so because i could see why he was doing it this time uh, i'm Rock- not saying you need a reason to dance i'm just saying you don't need to play i just wanted to poke you one more time sarah uh so rocket rebuilds the rocket thing that they tried to kill ronin with earlier and um <coughs> shoots the end of the uh the hammer the infinity stone flies out quint uh, peter flies forward and grabs it and doesn't die right away. Uh, and then everyone joins hands with him because the the Chekhov gun pays off again. And then they just go. The okay, first. Okay, the first the first Chekhov's gun in this scene. The dancing. The second Chekhov's gun in this scene. Uh, the 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 mom flashback. The transitions oh, of this were great. The mom. Tr- yeah, there are three Chekhov guns in this scene. Holy shit! We gotta. Play the music. Da 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 da. Gotta try Gunfecta, boys. Okay. This um, is Double Jeopardy. This episode is gonna be hell. To, to edit. edit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's it. Um, I'm so sorry. So the cute mom thing, and he grabs the hand. He finally grabs the hand of his metaphorical mother. And, and then they, they're they like, oh, we're going to share this power because that will make it easier and he won't die. Because that's what happened with the the watchers or whatever they were. We don't know what they were. But, but they saw that happening and they were like, it was too much for them. But I mean, there's another reason why it didn't kill him right away, but we find that out later. Yeah, he is a really big dick. Yeah, it, he absorbed all of it into his dick. Anyways, so they he survive. A, he has a magic dick as Gamora. As and earlier. they blast uh, Ronan with energy and disintegrate the shit out of him. Also, can I just talk about that scene earlier we've miscipped over where like he's what? dancing and then Ronan's like, what, what are you what, doing? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is the most weird distraction tactic because it Ronan starts speaking in like Kree and is about to do a ritual before he blows up the fucking planet. <coughs> and... um. Peter just starts dancing and singing at him, and he like gets confused. Like, but that's that's yo. my favorite kind of distraction tactic because I desperately want someone in a horror movie to do that. So to see that happening like it's, play out in my like that's why I enjoyed it so much. I think too. I don't think Michael Myers would. No, stop. no. But I was like, I just want to see someone be so fucking weird. You know, you know what it reminds me of? Yeah. Bringing up Lion King again. You remember that scene where like. Like Timon's like, what do you want to do for me and drag and dance the hula? And you like, mean my out. favorite scene in the whole movie? Yeah, and he's they like, stop and look and then chase after him after it. That's one of my favorite movies. Our favorite scenes in that movie too. Yeah. Um. So, 
Yeah, that's just fucking wild how he just is able to distract him. And he, and he also just, like, the like, it's like the actor just dropped his, like, evil villain voice and just is just speaking normally. He's like, what so the fuck are you doing? So yeah, like, Lee Pace. Like, Lee Pace breaks character because he wasn't expecting that scene. And he just drops the voice. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing right now? It's so funny because he's like, the whole movie's like, I'm going to do a genocide. I'm going to. Wait, what are you doing? No, stop. <laughs> no, stop. 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 What the fuck this are you doing? This is supposed to be cool. You're just, you're just I'm trying ruined. to do something right now, dude. What the fuck? Stop. 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 What the fuck? Stop. stop. I just want to like, kill everybody and make everyone look cool. Uh, so uh, they defeat Ronan, the accuser. They're all pardoned by Nova. And then... Um, Can I ask real quick? This yes. is... From way earlier in the movie when we first uh, meet Ronan. What mm-hmm. the fuck did he come out of? In terms of like... Did, the, the pool he was in? Do they sleep there? Was I, he oh, in I cryostasis? Think, I, think he was, I think he was bathing in people's bloods. Yeah. Was he bathing? Yeah, I think like because it looks like a ritual chamber. We also say he's like a religious. But he zealot. was like curled up in a fetus position. No, and like I thought he was sleeping. I think what he does is that he kills people that are like... Against his like his beliefs, and he bathes in their bloods. Oh, like oh, is a, that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Like, cause cause he he literally collects their pool of blood in that place, right? Mm-hmm. So I think he just bathes in their blood as a as like a ritual. I guess so. Yeah, um, so they get pardoned by Nova. <laughs> um, oh yeah, they they all of their war crimes get pardoned by Nova. <laughs> Um, all the all the thefts that Rocket has of stealing disabled all body of the parts. murders mm-hmm. they're all gone all the murders anyways they all become the the looks like we're some oh. kind of guardians of the galaxy oh the to be fair um also um Yondu's like hey you promised me the fucking infinity stone and so Peter Quill does another sleight of hand uh and gives him a different orb uh, which we find out later has a troll doll in it. Which, which is, is great. Wait, he, ha- he has a little suit Chekhov's on. The fourth gone because it was in his spaceship at the beginning of the movie. We saw it once. It's true. It's too many references. Too also, many it's Chekhov's a gun, gun to Peter sliding someone by switching something. Fine. This whole movie is full of it. <laughs> there, it's full of Chekhov's You could have a, a decent firefight with the guns in this room. <laughs> um, so... Um, that happens, and then we we cut. They get them on the ship, and I also, I feel like this is the closest we get to their costumes because they're most of them are wearing a blue yes, outfit, yes. which I think is a reference, uh, except for Peter's red jacket. Fuck um, it. Anyway, he goes and gets this. Like he finally feels like it's ready for him to open up his mom's second. Oh yeah, he never opened has, up the present that has the second volume, and it starts playing. What's the first song it plays? Ain't, ain't no mount. No, wait, no. Ain't no, yes, ain't no mount high yeah, enough. Yeah. And then um, it plays the Jackson Five after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you see them. They've they've obviously all come together. You know, they think because they've all lost things in their lives, like they don't have anybody else to lean on, and they are, um, they find each a family in each other. Oh, this is something I wanted to bring up. So. Guardians of the Galaxy falls into the trope that uh, me and you, I think, really like is the found family trope, which the Avengers is the exact opposite of. The Avengers is we're work buddies. They're co-workers. They're co-workers. And we have the found family over here in space. And oh shit, is that why we like it more? Yeah. Fuck. Because we have parent issues. Um, so uh, they become the found family at the end of the movie. Found the found family trope is basically a 
ensemble cast of people coming together uh and they they are more than just friends they're they like the goonies like the goonies is a good one um uh the magicians is another good one Mm -hmm. um uh the star wars Mm -hmm. star wars no no at least maybe the original trilogy. Maybe. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. the original trilogy. I was thinking specifically because Han and Chewie yeah. come in. And um, then like uh, C-3PO is I, not a person. I would... Mm, I, maybe I could some, argue. Some of the clones. Yeah. Some but, of the clones, yeah. But I, the clones are a found family. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Bad Batch. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like that's that's a trope <laughs> that's super popular in the queer community too. Mm-hmm. Oh, LGBT 100%. There's a lot. In, and also in comics, there's a lot of found family comics. Like Runaways. X-Men. Runaways, the X Men. Yeah, um, X Men is full of incest. New Mutants. New Mutants. Was, was that, but yeah, New Mutants is yeah yeah. yeah cool. um, but, I like I like New Mutants. But yeah, I really like um, New Mutants. Found Family is probably one of my favorite tropes, but I think it's just because we're, I'm fucked up in the head. Anyways, we end the movie on Guardians Galaxy will return, and we also have a baby dancing group, which was the fucking worst oh, meme ever oh. that destroyed my life. I mean, okay, so yeah, I you was, do see at the at the before. The credits roll. You do see before that uh, a teeny tiny head, the size of a Q-tip, sprouts onto the stick that Rocket planted in uh, the pot. And I'm like, is that the only stick you found? Because I feel like you could have uh, easily a hundred groots if you have planted all of them in a row. Or, or it could just be like he didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. No, probably not. There's a family of groots on Nova right now. Oh yeah. A bunch of newts are, and for some reason they only say we are Groot because they're more of a collective. Yeah. Oh, they're a legion now. They're a hive mind of Groot. And they're now taking over Xandar, but luckily Thanos saved everybody. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, we what a twist. We uh, we get the the Guardians will return in like the first before the credits start, which I like playing. way more than yes. just putting it at the very end that they always do. Um, but then we come to the end end credit scene. Uh, where it shows the collector all sad inside nowhere. Cosmo and is there. Cosmo is there. The collector's drinking and he's sad. And we see Howard, Howard, the, Howard duck, the Duck. Which is so good. And I'm so upset we never brought him back for which, like an official movie. Before I knew anything. He's in a couple a, movies. He no, has his well, own yeah, movie, guys. He in, has his own movie. That's like before. No, he's in two more movies. After this. He's in like... Not in What If. He's in two more actual movies oh as my side God. characters. I don't, free- I don't remember. I can text you one of them. He's in Guardians 2. That's not really a spoiler. No, I know he's probably in Endgame. He's in Endgame in the final sequence. Did you know oh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was just... I Before I knew really? anything... Yeah, there's a shot of him with the gun walking out. Oh, my God. I forgot. He comes out with the Ravagers. Holy shit. Before Um, I knew anything about Marvel and Marvel movies, I knew what Howard the Duck was. And I had no idea it was a Marvel property until I got to know these motherfuckers. Well, there's a history. It was not always a Marvel property. That's why you see at the end of this movie, it says, I believe the original writer and for Howard the Duck's name. Yeah, it does. It, it, it says Howard the Duck ri- created by and then the name. Because there's this whole thing with Howard the Duck. He wasn't originally in a Marvel property. If I Do you, do you know no, the history? No, he was originally. Part- no, he wasn't. He was written. Uh, hold on. He, like- no, because there's like this whole history between uh, the Duck. I don't believe he's originally in a Marvel character. Marvel bought him later. 
You keep talking. Um, but like, there's this whole thing that the Marvel published by Marvel Comics. So he did start off in Marvel Comics. It wasn't until later that he he separated. Yeah. And then when he got back back into Marvel, um, it's like supposedly it's not the same Howard the Duck. Not like there's I some hope so. there's some weird not like like in the tone of Howard the Duck. I mean, as in. In the comics, okay, it's me, a different me, Howard me, the Duck. Let me explain. So in 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 the comics, the guy created Har- uh, Howard the Duck in Marvel Comics. That is true. I looked it up. He was in Adventures okay. of the Fear. So he was originally a Marvel character that was created. But the guy wanted to use him. But since he was created Marvel, they're like, fuck you. He's ours now, right? So years later, doing a, uh, a Dark Horse Marvel crossover event, which I can't really name the name, what they did was a Dark Horse superhero took one of the there's a bunch of clones of how the duck and took one of the uh how the duck clones and then the character said don't worry i got the real one as like a petty thing so then another duck was renamed in the uh, dark horse comics there was a dip like the guy did that so he can finally have his own duck character and he technically was the real howard the duck oh my so the God. howard the duck that exists in marvel right now is a clone is, is a, a clone. clone um because thank you i was trying to remember the <laughs> specifics of the story but i think it's the funniest fucking thing and that's you why. know what happens immediately after the guy dies so he gets the last laugh he gets to take his character back give him a new name and say he's Make the real movie. howard the duck right before he dies it's the biggest fuck you it's it's just it's the movie, y'all. I um, if anybody is a, a bad film connoisseur, everybody knows how fucking bad Howard the Duck was. Oh, yeah, and I just yeah. want them. We need to do that as part of our to ICU, do it justice. Rejects and watch. Oh yeah, I I, I, I need wait. to watch Duck on Human Sex. Um, but uh... <laughs> I I am pretty sure with the stuff that happened in What If and him showing up in Guardians, uh, I feel like. I feel like Marvel might do something with Howard the Duck. I really hope. I like really... it'll might be a TV show, or it might be like a uh, like a one-off movie, or maybe they'll give him a new run of comics. They'll probably do something with him. Um, I do have a really important question now that the movie is over. Uh, what the fuck happened to the Aether? It's still it's, there. It's still there. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fuck. I didn't. I was like, ah. Uh... It's still there, yeah. Okay. He, he, they blew up part of nowhere. The, the The collector's collection is vaster than where they were. <gasps> yeah, it's like all over nowhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's um, also like, like stuff underneath his place. Like yeah. he, has, he has layers. Oh, just like onions. Like an onion. And part, sh- it, and ogres. It's just like part of his collection. Oh, but we do find out that the reason that Peter could hold the Infinity Stone for longer was because his dad was not of Earth. Oh yeah, you find that out in this movie. Told that by his dad the guy was an alien. Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Um, James I, Gunn's brother. I did say I. I wanted to say. <laughs> um, I did make a joke at the very beginning of the movie when we were in the the sad scene. I probably shouldn't have made this joke at the time because Macy was in a very emotional state. Um, sorry. It's okay. No, I mean it's my fault. Um, and I was like, "Your father." She said, "Your father was an angel." I was like, "Oh, that must mean he's an alien." You know, anytime someone brings up like an angel, you know what I always go to? Mm. Like the scene in Spider-Man 1. Nope. We're not in the same headspace. Sorry. It was like, Aunt May, Aunt May, was that an angel? You know where my head goes? Where? 
Are you an angel? Are you an angel? <gasps> That's where my head goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Starship captains talked about angels showing up, and they were so beautiful. This is real pod racing. Uh, so, what... Uh, would you watch this again? Yeah, would you watch this again? I was trying to think of what it was. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say asses. I was trying to do... I uh, Yeah, I would. You would? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. Okay, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Just, just randomly comparing the last two movies. Would uh-huh. you watch Guardians over again or Winter Soldier over again? Like, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier? Okay. Okay. I I, I think I think Guardians of the Galaxy is fun, but it's more of like a casual fun to me. Uh, I just genuinely enjoyed Winter Soldier as a. It's a tighter written movie, yeah, and it, it has much more suspenseful I feel like engaging. It's, thing. it's more well paced. Yeah, yeah. If, if, I feel like the one thing I have an issue with with uh, James Gunn, and I think we all agree, is that his writing is not always the best. No. And yeah. his pacing is always the best. He can never get rid of that styling that he made Troma. his name with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Troma is a very fast-paced thing. They will literally like throw everything out at you, like within the same five minutes. They're like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make a joke about genocide here. We're gonna make a joke about an AIDS gang here. We're gonna make a joke about uh the fucking slit in somebody's throat here." Like they just do it like one What's after that another. Thing in Star Trek, but. It's like a rape gang. Yes, rape the gang. rape gangs. That's I in was the next like, generation. Yeah. Okay. Generation. I legitimately I thought of the same thing. Okay. So there's this movie called uh, Trauma's War. Uh, it's a it was the first trauma movie I ever watched, and it's about this like radical military group that lives in the the jungle that's gonna go and like take over America, and one of them is going to take over America because he has a gang of people with AIDS, and he's gonna send them out into the world to infect. Uh, Americans with AIDS and I was like what the fuck is this what is this what the fuck kind of shit y'all watching I know the rape gangs though of yeah, Natasha Yar's rape gangs that I, she encountered on her that's, colony that's whatever I think about those rape gangs is going that is to... the worst piece of Star Trek that shit. was so Absolutely. wild dude when you said that to me I literally could not like process it so, for okay, a second d- before we get to America's asses um there's just a part in the next generation where Natasha Yar is talking about the colony that she comes from and she says something she just says it like with this ghostly so, this thousand yard stare of like so casual. the rape gangs on my colony and I'm like Excuse Yo, me? Yo, what the fuck? Can we go back to that? Like what the what it's, it's, what? It's, it's, it's what happens when you get a bunch of guys writing for women and think that's a very compelling interesting idea that's so horrifying anyway so how many are are america's asses out of 10 out of 10 out of five would you give this out of 10 uh yeah i know um i say like a four or four and a half i actually i really enjoyed this movie four or four and a half pick one four and a half okay i'm gonna give it a four three and a half that's fair. I, I I really enjoyed the like character development in this movie. Uh and it was I even though I'm like, well, the Winter Soldier is more well paced, uh in this one because I have ADD, I think the faster paced like makes my brain go boo like it's like, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Um and I it felt like a Mass Effect story to me, which I think is also why I enjoyed it. 
Um, I know that sounds weird, but like a lot of it reminded me of Mass Effect and I enjoyed that series so much. And I just like the characters individually. I think that helps with it. I think it's a really good ensemble cast because mm-hmm. even if some of the character stuff doesn't work, it still is good at setting up. Other things make up for it. Yeah, it's the, like even if like the whole fast pace with Rocket doesn't work for me, you still get his backstory and where he came from and the trauma that he has that carries over for another film to explore. So even if they... You have like lingering shots like of his back. Yeah, and... you have enough to get an emotion for the character, but not enough to stay committed to that emotion. And yeah. I, feel, I feel like more so than this, like Avengers, I really just want more scenes of them hanging out. <laughs> And this movie, you just have sh- emotional shots that just linger on things or like the Peter Quill crying at the end, uh, Drax comforting rockets, um, just Drax like, you know, sitting dejected on the ground. And there's just all these like moments that kind of ram home the character progression and emotional moments. Mm-hmm. Unlike Avengers, which is like, hey, guys, we shot a bad guy who's pretty good. Quip, quip, quip. Oh, yeah, all the quips in Avengers was what really threw me off of it. Mm-hmm. Well, as we end this episode, we look at oh, the... Oh, you didn't give your... Oh, you did 3.5. I did 3.5. Yeah. And we look at the gleaming uh, uh, darkness looming of Age of Ultron coming towards us. Oh, God. God, uh, that movie's so good, you guys. Uh, <laughs> we have the, the Lizard Man to look forward to. It's my favorite fucking movie, you oh, guys. Oh, but I mean, we're going to get introduced to Wanda. Yeah, it's gonna be so good, you guys. Um, that that, that we're gonna get that movie and we're gonna watch it. Uh, the opinions will be had. It's so good, you guys. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, I think Macy's looking for waiting for me to end the podcast. She's. It's gonna, so good, you guys. Um, but we we're gonna do Age Voltron next. Um, yeah, and I think by the end of November we're gonna be finished with Phase Three. Phase two. So I was gonna, like, we're already in phase three? We're no, we're not. Because we got Age Ultron and then Ant-Man in our wrap-up. So that'll take us right into December where we switch over to video. We're still going to be an audio podcast. But the YouTube version will have a special little treat where you can see our lovely faces and our reactions. And when me and Macy stare at each other when we're going, what the fuck is Sarah talking about? Mm-hmm, I do have a lot of those moments. Um, it's so good, you guys. Or when I'm trying to mind link with Macy and tell her something without spoiling it for Sarah. It's so good, you guys. Um, I just want you guys to stay turtleicious. Hey. Hey. It's so good, you guys. Thank you for listening to ICU MCU. If you want to see more by us, check us out on YouTube at Brown Chair Studios, and check us out on TikTok by the same name, where you can see clips and other shows and projects that we are working on. And tune in next time, every Wednesday, unless we forgot to record or something like that. For the next episode of I See You, M See You.